I'm going to put it in, y'all. It is open form Friday. It is a beautiful day outside. I'm going to put it in, y'all. It is open I'm gonna put form it in, y'all. Friday. It is a beautiful day outside. I'm going to put it in, y'all. Welcome to High Frequency Radio. Y'all know how we do it on Friday. It's open mic. You know, we usually can talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's how we do it on Friday. I'm going to put it in, y'all. Like one of the main topics on this show is public and private. And, you know, what we try to do is we try to, get, try to educate people on the difference between public and private and, you know, the significance of that, why why it's so important for people to be private. I'm going to put it in, y'all. There is a master-slave relationship going on, all right, that these people are, are, these people are doing. I'm going to put it in, y'all. You know, when you depend on the government, you know, when you depend on the government, you become subservient to the government. Y'all out there thinking it's all good and everything. Y'all know what the hell is I'm going on. I'm going to put it in, y'all. You, know, you try to, you know, say, well, you have a right to travel to travel to your anti-government. If you try to say, you know, uh, talk about your constitutional right, you're anti-government. Um, if you try to ask the court what jurisdiction they're operating under, you're anti-government. I mean, this is, this is incredible. 
mothers, mothers. Get on out there and dance Dance, dance, dance I said it
Caught that salt and pepper push shit that I played earlier, but 
you know, it's probably a lot of people don't know that that is the original version of Push It. Not that fake-ass version that they keep pushing on everybody with all them damn extra organs and all that shit in it and everything. Like, in Dallas, Texas, we had never even heard that song before. What the hell is this right here y'all playing? Just let the beat ride and everything. I think y'all spice it up. It's, that's a remix they didn't push on everybody like it's the original. All the true hip-hop heads know what I'm talking about, though. All true hip-hop heads. Anyway, it's Friday, y'all. Phone lines open. Calling numbers four, uh, 424-222-5250. The same damn number's been for the last six years. <laughs> Hey, Chan, let me get this chat room over real quick. Let me get the chat room. I forgot to open up the chat room for y'all. Let this chat open. Y'all can do your comments and everything. And also, let me get my area code. See where y'all calling in from. Pull up my pull up my nationwide map. See where y'all calling in from over the country. And quick, real quick, I will be resuming webinars on tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Have been having some issues. Had some. Uh, issues last couple of days, but I will be back on, i back resuming webinars tomorrow for all the uh, SBC uh, university members. FYI, let's see. All right, chat room's open. Okay, chat room, got chat room. Okay, there y'all, y'all in the chat. Hey, we good. We good to go. We good to go. So y'all know it's open for on Friday. So basically what that means, you know, I'm just a day I kind of developed, let y'all call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about on Friday. And oh yeah, let me do one other uh let let me do one other announcement. I also seem like I got a big response from this too. I uh you know, I just made a little thing. I said anybody want to uh you know, do a a audio. You know, I do the audios and everything. If you want to do an audio, just simply uh you know, pick a document that you like. You can record your voice with your cell phone, with your voice recorder on your cell phone. Um, doesn't matter if you make mistakes, I'll edit out the mistakes. If you read a sentence incorrectly, just read it over and I'll, uh, edit everything. Read at a nice, uh, pace. Don't try to read too fast, you know, and I'll make a video out of it on YouTube, you know, and get y'all to help me do some of these audios and everything. Cause it's like, yeah, I know y'all tired of hearing my voice too on all the audios. So, you know, we're going to spice it up a little bit. And if y'all want to do an audio on an audio book, if you want to make an audio book, just do the reading on it. And I will do all the editing and add the music to it, the words on the screen, the bells and whistles and all that stuff. All right. Can't be longer than, well, you know, can't be longer than 30 minutes. 
Don't make it longer than 30 minutes. Try to keep it short. Don't try to do a damn two-hour uh, video, uh, audio or something like that. You know, about 30 minutes long. That's usually about 19, 20 pages. Try to get something 20 pages long. 20 pages long. That should be about long enough. Ain't nobody going to list your ass over that no way. The average people got short attention spans on YouTube. They ain't going to listen to them about 15, 20 minutes after that, their ass is out. All right, phone lines open. First, Eric Cole. Let's see what we're going for. First call live of the bat. Let's head over to uh, Illinois. But not Illinois. Yeah, it's Illinois. Illinois. All right. Let's go to Chi-Town. Chirac. 773 area code. 0812. You're on the line. Yo, Brother Yusuf, what's going on? Hey, what's happening, bro? What's going on? Uh, Nothing much, man. I got a couple questions for you, if that's okay. All right. Uh, the first question is about the uh, discharge and mortgage series. I'm a platinum right. member. Yeah. And uh, I went through all the videos, but it seems like there's some information missing at the end. Uh, yeah, I gotta. I gotta do some. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta finish putting the video on that. It is. It is information missing. I gotta take you through, but we can talk about it right now if you want to. You know, if you want me to discuss it with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right, discharging a mortgage is no different than discharging anything, okay? No different than discharging anything. The first rule of discharging debt is documentation, all right? You have to document everything you do, and you have to authenticate everything you do, all right? The second rule of discharging is notice. You have to give everybody notice of what you do, and you need witnesses to all of that. I said, remember them two things. Don't matter what you do, I you have to document everything, give notices to everyone. The commercial chamber is a notice. All right. So the first step, obviously, is you're going to call them and get a payoff request. All right. Because you have to have something that you can set off, and you have to have the exact amount to do a set off. Okay. So. You need to go to them and contact them and have them send you a 30-day payoff. Right, once you get that 30-day payoff, right, you need to create a negotiable instrument. Do not put routing numbers on the negotiable instrument. You should have already have done a secured party process and have a bond on file with the Treasury and all that. This is All this is in contemplation that you've already done all of that. Okay, you've already done your secure party. You're a secure party. Okay, I'm only talking to secure parties right now. Uh, if you want to discharge something and not be a secure party, you can do that. But I, you know, I don't. I use bills of exchange only. All my research lead me to see that bills of exchange the only thing you can use. I don't damn promissory note. But I've heard people have said they've had successful promissory notes. But it all basically comes down to whatever they'll take. So if they'll take it, you know, it's not for me to say what will work and what won't. But I don't see too much support for that on a promissory note, even though it should work. A promissory note should work because then there no, there's no money, period, anyway. They just take whatever you give them, even if it's on some uh, toilet paper. But with a bill of exchange, a bill of exchange is a three-party instrument. All right, so you have to have some sort of value somewhere, and the Secretary of Treasury is a holder of that value in the form of a bond that you should have on deposit with them after, uh, after completing a secure party process. All right, so it is nothing different than banking on the street. When you write a check... 
and you give it to someone, they need to take it to the bank, and there should be something on deposit in the bank for them to cash it, all right? That's in the public. On the private side, you got to set all that up. You got to set up your routing number, all right? You ain't got no secret goddamn account. Uh, you talking about you got a secret access in some secret account. You don't understand this at all. Most of the people out there talking about access in a secret account or when they get to uh, court cases, 90% of them don't understand how to discharge debt or what is private. What we're talking about when we say private. They just don't understand it. You be li- I'll be listening to them like, what are you talking about? You know, you are creating an account. You're creating an account. Everything is private. This is why it's called private process, private banker. Everything's on the private side. It ain't nothing on the public. You ain't at, the, the, that TDA account is on the public side. All right? You didn't create it. You can't access it. That's why you have a bond. The bond is your account. The bond is your account. And the Secretary of Treasury is holding that. And that's what you're drawing off of, the bond. Not nothing else, not no secret accounts. Or nothing like that. You're drawing off of that bond. You need to, if you don't understand that, then you need to study what bonds are, and you need to study UCC 3-302, UCC 3-305, and UCC 3-306. What a hold, what a holder new course is, what a reclaim and recoupment is, and what a claim on an instrument is. You need to know those three codes also, because you have to understand why you're putting it on a UCC one. That's in reference to UCC 3-306. Because right, you have to have a claim on that bond in order to be the holder in due course. And you have to have notice of that claim, which is why you're sending him copies of your birth certificate and a copy of your UCC-1 in your first treasury package that you're sending him, as well as giving him the option to turn down the package and return it back to you. All right? Okay. That's called, that's called, that's called, that is, those are equity. All right? That's all equity. That's a good faith. You're, at, you're, you're exercising good faith, a good faith attempt to let everybody know exactly what you're doing. So once you get your 30-day payoff, okay, and then you give them this international bill, you're going to put together a package. You're going to have some routing instructions with it. Somebody, some people call it a letter of credit. You can call it a letter of credit. Yeah, a bill of exchange has to have a letter of credit that goes with it, okay? You're going to put a copy of all your documents. You're going to have a cover letter with it. All right, you're going to send that to them. You're going to give them 10 days uh, to get back with you. At the end of 10 days, they don't get back with you. You send them another package with a copy of everything you sent the first time, along with another letter that is an opportunity to cure. Notice a default and opportunity to cure. They don't, you give them 10 more days. They don't get back with you then. Then you have your notary issue a certificate of non-response. All right, that certificate of non-response has to be filed in an equity court, that term that you receive it. All right, so you're going to take it to, you're going to go open up either evidence file or go open up either, uh, you're going to ask for a judicial review, all right? A declaratory judgment is what you're going to be seeking in an equity court. A declaratory judge, you, you sue them, sue, you do exactly to them what they do to you. See, a lot of people, they do the administrative process and just stop. No, you take them, if they don't, if they don't discharge, you take their ass to court. And you should be doing it while you are up, while your payments are, in, uh, are up to date, not when your payments are uh, late, because you have to be in honor. You have to be in honor. It's four rules. Stay in honor at all costs. And so now when you're doing it with your payments, they don't have no recourse. They can't foreclose on you. All right, so now you, got them in, now you got them in court. And so ain't no issue about no foreclosure. 
The only issue that we're addressing right now is this damn negotiable instrument, a value and validity of it, and whether or not it's something that you can do that you have the lawful right to do. All right? And it don't even come down to that because you have to make sure if you filed everything correctly, meaning everything's authenticated, your certificate of, uh, of non-response is authenticated, those are your exhibits that you have in in addition that are uh, attached to your bill of equity that you put in court. All right, now you're looking for a declaratory judgment on it. And then after you get the declaratory judgment, you can sue. All right, but the thing is, those are the steps you take to discharge a debt. All of it is laid out in creditors and their bonds. I've been saying it since day one. Let me say something else. Somebody said, where'd you get the four rules from? Damn, I've been telling y'all to read creditors and bonds since I came on December 12th, 20, 20 goddamn 12. I ain't, so, I ain't said nothing different in six years. <laughs> I'm telling y'all the same shit in six years. The administrative process is the same thing. You have to you have to discharge the day that it's called a set off. You need to have a bond on file with the Treasury Department. If you don't have a bond on file with the Treasury Department, you ain't doing no process I'm teaching you to do. All right. So don't go out there and lie on me and shit like that. If you ain't got no bond in a goddamn on file that you did correctly, the sixty day process and everything, don't say I told you how to motherfucking discharge a debt. All right, because you have to have something to draw off of when you're using a bill of exchange. That's why I have a draw R and draw E. And you're not drawing off of no goddamn secret account. That's what you see all them court cases and everything. Talking about all these sovereign citizens think it's a secret account. That should even be coming up. Because the bond is what you're drawing off of, not off of no goddamn TDA account. The instructions that you're giving to them is just you're sending a wire, a Fed wire, over to the Treasury Department. The Treasury Department needs to have an authorization from you. I right, to allow him to do that. All right, so you got to send a you got to send a, a package to the Treasury Department. Also, when you send a package to the bank, the authorization every time that you are discharging the debt, the Treasury Department needs to have an authorization. So they got an authorization from you. All right, them authorizing you to set off this debt. So then, when they receive that, they're supposed to authorize it and send it through. They send it through their TTNL department. Every bank don't have a TTNL department. But they send it through their TTNL department. And if you want to read about TTL departments, they talk about it all day in modern. Everything that I'm talking to you about is spelled out all day in modern money mechanics. I was trying to do a video on it and just show it's the modern money mechanics that y'all just y'all can Google it right now on the internet. All, all, all modern money mechanics. All right, so. That's it, basically, in a nutshell. You need to know how to put together a negotiable instrument. That's a requirement if you're a secure party. I ain't never got arrested for no negotiable instrument because I ain't put no damn goddamn routing numbers on it because I understand. Because the first time I ever studied all this, creditors and their bonds told me very clearly, do not put routing numbers on your instruments. They are public, and that is against the law. So first, my first learning in all of this I was instructed not to do that. All right, right there in that document, it tells you don't put no routing numbers on your instrument. If you put anything public on that instrument, you're going to get arrested. Everything on the instrument needs to be private. You cannot route it through their system. That's what happened to Jonathan May. Jonathan May, he uh, he, he had some gold. gold he's, first, he's the creator of the land banks. He had gold deposits in his property, and he's using that gold to collateralize his instruments, and then the federal government routed it through their system. 
And that's how they got him and arrested him, gave him 15 years in prison. And so did Gordon Hall, who just went to prison, put rowdy numbers on the instrument. They're going to do whatever. they petty in the motherfucker now. They're going to find some way to kind of arrest you and try to, uh, to tell other people not to do any of these processes. But you keep everything private. You watch what you put on that damn instrument. And the number one thing you don't, don't put on there is that, you know, that it, uh, uh, that, uh, that it has um, some sort of uh, secret account or some shit like that. The next thing also, when you do your bill in equity, they got a memorandum of law on bill of exchange. I, that you can put with it, along with an affidavit of Walker Todd. That's what I did. I use those as exhibits. You put a, a memorandum of law on the International Bill of Exchange. I got that because you got to put the law in court for the judge to rule on. You, It's your responsibility to bring the law into the court and put it in the evidence file and then bring it up in court if you have an oral, if you have oral argument. All right? So that's what you got. You got those things all in place. If you do all your procedures correctly, okay, the only thing that they will try to probably bring up is the fact that, oh, these instruments are not legitimate or something like that, which is not for them to do, okay? It is not for them to determine. It's a private matter. This is an entirely private matter. It's an entirely private matter. So it's not for, we're talking about a contract right now, and judges can't rule on against the contract. There are no right to come in and, t- and try to tell you what a contract is. Contract law is private law. Contract makes the law. So, you know, like I told the judge one time, I said, I'm sorry, y'all, y'all, that's not for you to determine. That's for him to take back to his client. He can return it to me with evidence of a detect, uh, defect from a qualified third party. That's what it's called a protest. That's what notaries are in banks for. The primary reason notaries are in banks is to do notarial protest on instruments. That's one of their primary functions is to do protests. So they're supposed to send it back to you, but they can't send it back to you because they send it back to you and they ain't got no good reason why. Then it's automatic discharge. That's what UCC 3-603B is talking about. So it's automatic. So that's why they don't want to send it back. But you need to have a claim on it. That's why it needs to also have a UCC 3 attached to it because there needs to be a claim on that instrument. That comes from UCC 3-306. Claims to an instrument. That's why they don't give y'all y'all shit back because you don't got no claim on it because nobody reads UCC 3-302. That explains it like goddamn seventh graders should be able to understand understand it to me. You got to have a claim on it. You know, most people, they don't... Most people, I'm thinking like when I read this, I don't think most people can understand what this is saying. When you see read UCC three, I think the part they get confused on at UCC three three oh two is this part right here which says A subject to subsection C and section three dash one oh six D holder in due course means the holder of an instrument if that's where I think they get thrown off. The holder in due course means the holder of an instrument if okay, and then down here in part two, it says the holder took the instrument. Now, we're talking about a holder now. So the holder is the bank. So the holder can become the holder in due course if he took the instrument for value in good faith without notice that the instrument have it, without notice that it contains an authorized signature, without notice that there's any claim to the instrument. Basically, when a holder gets an instrument, he don't get notice. He becomes the holder in due course. And he ain't got to give you shit back. 
and I tell you, you I think right I, there. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, you can read that shit just clear as damn day. All right? and that's why when you look on them bills of exchange that's floating all around, they got special instructions down there. It's as attached to this as a UCC-3. The UCC-3 is an addendum or collateral ad, because every time you do an instrument, you do a UCC-3. You have to die. And the, next, the first thing also is when you send that instrument off, you got to put a, a UCC-1 and put a lien against the house. All right? Then you do a release of lien. You do, and then you put notice. So you give them a notice that you filed a UCC-1 against the house because you're giving you notice. You're breaking up real bad, brother. All right, can you hear me now? Choppy. Is it it's still choppy? choppy. All right, hold on. How's that sound? Oh, you you good now? Okay. All right. It's a it's a yeah, holder. I think, I think most of what you're saying, I think most of what you're saying is 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 in the videos. It was just at the end you were saying it's a it's an enforcement park. I, an enforcement, enforcement part. part is the enforcement part is you got to sue their ass. You know what I'm saying? You got to see what it is. Yeah, what the was, thing is, is something different. I think it was something dealing with with taxes or bringing. I don't know. Uh, you can do the taxes on it too. You can do the taxes on it too. Yeah, I think that was the part that I was uh, that I was looking to to you know to see. Oh yeah, I know. Everybody wants to talk about saying, taxes. If you want to do the taxes on it, you can watch the Gene Keating uh, legacy video on YouTube. Tell y'all how to do okay. the taxes. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, the other thing, the other thing um, that I wanted to ask you about, um, you had mentioned before uh, something about safekeeping receipts. Um, SKRs. You know, yeah, yeah. I did a little bit of research on it, and there's not a whole lot of information uh, other than definitions of safekeeping receipts. Um, but I wanted to ask you. Um, so, would you treat? Would you? Would you treat the receipt? Um, as a negotiable instrument? Yeah, safekeeping receipt can be treated as a negotiable instrument. What do you think? What do you think gold certificates were? What do you think in, in back in history what gold certificates had, uh, were? Because they were what? They were, they were safekeeping receipts, essentially. You you went into the mountain yeah. and dug some gold out, out the hills, okay, and then you came down and gave it to the uh, to someone like an assayer, and they would coin it up. Then they give you a receipt, all right, a certificate, all right, gold certificate. It was a receipt. Say that you got this amount of gold on deposit. You would take that receipt out and go and trade it, and say here, buy a horse. Instead of going back in your gold, you go and take it out and go buy a horse with it. And then they would take it, and that's what the bankers saw. They saw nobody was coming to redeem their gold. All the only people who were coming in to redeem it were only ten percent of the people. That's why today they have a 10% reserve requirement because they understand that mathematics don't lie. And there is a lot of information on negotiable safekeeping receipts on the Internet. I'm looking at an SKR trade blog right now. <laughs> right now, SKR trade, you know. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I don't understand what you're talking about. There's plenty of information on the Internet on negotiable safekeeping receipts. I understand, okay, so, you know. So... <laughs> So let me so let me ask you, and I you know I just put it up uh, as well. So can you can you treat the receipt similar to um, like could you use that in, in in place of the exemption? 
So, like, say, for instance, if I have 21 uh, pieces of pre-1933 silver dollars and I deposit that with the bank and I get a safekeeping receipt, can I then place um, $100 million value on that receipt? I don't know. I don't know if that's going. I don't know if that's going to be equivalent to a hundred million dollars value in Federal Reserve notes. I don't know. Some people say, yeah. You know, I ain't never used that process right there. That uh, that go that twenty-one pieces of silver process, and I never really kind of liked it because what people was doing was taking pictures of the twenty-one pieces of silver, filing it in the commercial chamber, and then trying to go into court with it and shit like that. I'm like, that shit didn't make no sense to me. I'm like, where's your evidence that you got? You, that you really have the 21 pieces of silver. Where's the authentication? That's what a safekeeping receipt is. It's authentic. It's authenticating. It's authenticating the fact that you really do have 21 pieces of silver on deposit somewhere. So it right. should, you know, it should, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like a lot of people told me, yeah, it does. Uh, you know, chicken in the court because it's gold is is worth more. They don't have any money. So any one gold piece should be worth more than any Federal Reserve note, because Federal Reserve notes aren't backed by nothing. Right. They're not backed by nothing. They're not backed by anything. I mean, a Federal Reserve note, they tell you that in, uh, what, modern money mechanics. That the only reason that people take the shit is because y'all have faith in it. But it really is not not backed by anything. Modern money mechanics tell you that, so it's like, you know, let me read it. Matter of fact, let me read that to y'all real quick. I don't think I'm bullshitting, you know. Pull up Modern Money Mechanics real quick. Modern Money Mechanics. And I'll put a link for y'all in, in, the, uh, in the chat so y'all pull it up and read it real quick. There's a link in the chat room y'all want to read along with me. All right, let's see. What makes money valuable? In the United States, neither, perfect, uh, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities. Goddamn first line. Ain't no commodity. Intrinsically, a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. Deposits merely... Is, this right down is what makes money valuable. In case y'all... It's right there on the what? Second page. Page two. Right there in bold. What makes money valuable? In the United States, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities. Intrinsically, a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. Deposits merely book entry. Coins do have some intrinsic value as metal, but generally far less than the face value. What then makes these instruments, check, paper, money, and coins acceptable at face value in payment of all debts and all monetary uses? Mainly, it is the confidence people have that they'll be able to exchange such money for other financial assets and for real goods and services whenever they choose to do so. God damn, it's right there in Money Mar- Mar- Modern Money Mechanics, Federal Reserve Publication, out of Chicago, out of Chicago. <laughs> telling you what it is. So if these people telling you, that what I couldn't understand. They telling you that the shit is ba- it don't the only reason it's worth anything because primarily because you got confidence in it. But intrinsically, it's not worth nothing. It's not backed by no commodities or anything. So you coming in with an instrument that's backed by a commodity, well, you tell me which one is worth more. The, the one that's backed by a commodity. 
That's just my that's just so my that's, thing. That's what I was asking. Yeah, that, that's what you know the ideas came from with the SKRs. If it's backed by, you know, I know you know twenty one silver thing is in um, in the Constitution with you know twenty pieces. If the controversy is worth more than twenty pieces. Um, yeah, yeah you, you break know, you're, what you're invoking is really like a common law type court because you're paying with real money. See, the only reason that you're in these equity courts, the reason that they merged law and equity around 1938 is because there's no lawful money. You cannot have a real contract if there wasn't any uh, uh, consideration given. All right, so in dealing with Federal Reserve notes, there's really no consideration given. So now everything's what's called colorable. Uh, they're colorable contracts. They're colorable. So to have a colorable contract, you have to have an equity court to handle it. Equity is fairness, impartiality, and even-handed dealing. So when the equity courts rule on something, they're using a different set of rules. They're using contracts, agreements, and things like that to make determinations. Right, they're not using common law and things like that. They're using, the, they're using the equity. That's why I'm telling you, when you do yours, you take, use a bill in equity. You have to take it to an equity court because that's what, you, that's, what, that's what you're doing. It's like, look, ain't no money. So you have to go to an equity court to have it adjudicated. And that's why you have to have everything authenticated because the judge is ruling on a contract, agreement. It's agreements. Uh, private people deal with contracts. That's all you need to be fucking thinking about is the contract. Nothing else. Right? Not no statutes, codes, rules, regulations, none of that shit. Private people deal with contract law is private law. That's what people deal with on the private side is contracts. All inter-exchange between people is contracts. I just did a video on YouTube that broke down all of that down. It's all contracts. That's why you need to know that, uh, that chart. You're dealing with contracts. It's a contract. And a contract ain't nobody's business to tell you what you can do and what you can't do. You have the ability to contract unlimited as long as you don't violate any public laws. And right now, the public, they operate off public policy. And public policy has said that you cannot make anybody pay anything with any particular form of payment. That's why you don't see it in none of the contracts. You don't see it in your mortgage. They'll just say lawful money of the United States. Walker Todd told you, and the Walker Todd affidavit worked for the Federal Reserve. He said, that's archaic. He said, I don't even know why they still put that in there. He said, I don't even know why they still putting that in there. Lawful money of the United States. That's an archaic term. That's, that's talking about when there was gold and silver. Ain't no motherfucking lawful money. They operating within the United States as the corporation that's operating outside of the constitution, it has to operate outside the constitution because in there it tells you that gold and silver is the only thing in payment of debt. So they had to take you into a private jurisdiction and get you to contract and agree to come in that jurisdiction. And those contracts come in the form of social security, birth certificates, jobs, a, a plethora of other things, driver's license, all this stuff, putting your sk- kids in public school. Every time you sign in the goddamn uh, application, they ask you, you're a U.S. citizen, all that shit. So now they can operate outside of the Constitution. And as far as them doing it illegally, that's bullshit. They have every right to create a corporation. That's what Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 gives them the authority to do. Because it is within their plenary power under separation of powers 
Congress has the right to do whatever they want in their sphere of operation. So when they created what they did, how they fooled everybody, they created a whole separate government under Congress. They, there's an Article One, Article Two, and Article Three under the legislator, under the legislature. All right, and how did they do that? They did that through delegation of powers. When they created this fake Article One, Article Two, and Article Three, they delegated powers to the real Article Two and Article Three, and that's why you see Article Three judges in Article One courts. That's why you see all of these uh, executive agencies enforcing statutes instead of enforcing executive orders. Because every autumn, autumn agencies both work for the president. They come under Article 2. So if they don't want to enforce anything, you know, why are you enforcing all this fake shit? Well, it's, they delegated the power to them to come over and help Congress out because Congress can do whatever they want. But according to separation of powers, anything that is their property within that 10-mile square, it's called the insular cases. They got a whole bunch of cases on the Internet called the insular cases. That explains all of this. They explain the Supreme Court justices explain it. There's no people just don't understand what they're reading when they see it. But they, they, they got an insular case that explains that how Congress has the authority over what they own. And what they own are U.S. citizens. That's a congressionally created citizenship. That's all you need to know is that Congress created a U.S. citizen. So common sense would dictate can your slaves or your public servants Create a citizenship for you? That's why they say it's originally for the black people, for the slaves. Your goddamn public servants can't create a citizenship for you. With motherfucker, we didn't send you up there on goddamn Capitol Hill to go up there and try to make motherfucker create a citizenship for us. We already goddamn goddamn sovereigns and citizens of this country, bitch. We were born here. To get the fuck up there on Capitol Hill and do what the fuck we told you to do. That should be the that should be the attitude. <laughs> right. <laughs> that should be the attitude, you know. Get your ass up there. They right. tricked everybody. They didn't dumb down everybody. They got everybody thinking US citizen is real citizenship. And tricked everybody. So as long as you have that US citizenship, it's like it's like what they're doing with this artificial intelligence. It's like one day the robots are gonna take over. Because the creators of the robots goddamn ain't on their motherfucking job, ain't, ain't vigilant and watching over their creations. So the American people have not been vigilant and watching over these motherfuckers in Washington, D.C. You, that's what it is. I, I talked to my homeboy right now on, 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 I had a big ass argument with him yesterday. He called, he called me, yeah, what about your boy Trump? I said, what you, I said, Trump ain't my boy. That's your boy and everything. Look what he did now. I said, what did he do? Yeah, he gave Hamburg, he gave McDonald's sandwiches to the uh, Clemson Tiger football team. This nigga ain't got no... I said, man, look, let me tell you something, man. I said, I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about... T- First of all, I watched the video. Those young, young boys, they, they love that. You know, they're young. They want hamburgers, pizza, Burger King, all that yeah. shit. You know, maybe it wasn't motherfucking classy, but they, they look like they enjoyed the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? That's number one. Number two, that's a distraction, okay? All that shit is a distraction. We have a government shutdown going on right now, all right? We need to know why there's a government shutdown. You know, in a couple of a month, you know, you got 800,000 federal employee, uh, employees out of work. Right now, 
a lot of people ain't finna get no motherfucking welfare uh, in a little bit. When all that shit starts jumping off, crime finna jump up through the roof. They already got the motherfucking FEMA camps already in place. But your motherfucking ass want to call me and sit here and talk about the Clemson Tigers got some not goddamn McDonald's and shit. I don't give a fuck about that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like our minds, what we concentrate on is bullshit. You know, black people say, well, Trump is racist. And you say, well, what, what he did that was racist. He called them goddamn uh, football players, navigated, uh, you know, or something like that. I'm like, that shit, you got to get smarter. Okay, you got to understand that he, sometimes that shit is done intentional to distract you. Stop falling for the distraction and, and keep and stay on point on what's important. And stop falling for these distractions. How is that significant? Yeah, I, I don't pay attention to all that stuff, man. Yeah, you know, it's not significant. It's like they be it's demonstrate intelligence. That's all I'm saying. Don't don't allow people to trick you. You just fall for the okie joke every day. They've been doing the same thing for goddamn long as I've been alive. Put out some type type of thing to distract you. All while while you watching the goddamn game, they passing the Patriot Act and shit like that. And then we'll put it on TV and nobody watch it. So, yeah, they so, tell you all this stuff in, in, in the movies as well. You know, they got to you the movies, so it's like, it's like, I'm trying to tell my friends, say, look, man, get off of that. I say, don't come to, I don't care about that. That's a distraction. Pay, stay on point. Watch these motherfuckers. See what they doing. You need to watch them. Because right? they'll take your attention. You be all on YouTube, uh, get one million goddamn views of goddamn Cleansing Tigers getting McDonald's and shit. This motherfucker over here about to press a goddamn button and blow up the goddamn country. So, you know, start a war with Russia or some shit like that. You ain't watching. They have they have to do that because they have to tell you everything they do, right, to keep getting some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of treason type charge. So they got to tell you everything they do. So what they do is, yeah, we're going to tell you what we do, but we're going to throw this distraction out there so you won't really be paying attention to what we're doing. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? They got to tell you what they do. And so it's just a demonstration of the people. But anyway, I don't want to get off point. You know, we talk about discharging debt. But at the end of the day, you know, discharging debt is the same whether you are discharging criminal cases after you get your jacket from the government, whether you're doing a mortgage, a car, a credit card, a criminal case. They are all exactly the same. There's no difference in doing any of those. The procedure is, I mean, you you know, the things that you get and do it, obviously, that's different. But it's the exact same procedure. The procedure don't change because it is like a criminal case. A criminal case is a debt collection. That's the first thing that you got to understand. You got to prove that to yourself. Well, you say this is a debt collection, you say, I don't really see it. All right. What is payment of cost? Okay. When anybody found guilty, they put the cost on the, on the guilty defendant. That's what they hiding it in. The cost. That's when you go in court and you'll say something to the judge. You know, I demand a uh, uh, a, uh, a uh, authenticated copy of all course um, uh, receipts and everything involved in this particular case. Uh, tell the judge to provide that. You know what I'm saying? You can you have re- law redemption in court. Uh, law redemption uh, in court. It, uh, when you go in there and ask that, that huh? Did I read that? Yeah, it's called dealing with presentments. Okay, it's a it's a uh, 
uh, it's, uh, I did a video on YouTube. I'm trying to pull it up for you right now. I did a video on YouTube. When you go down to section four, there's some dialogue in there. I, and what it is, and I proved this to myself because I did this. You go into court, and what you do is when you go in there and ask them, you say, right here, uh, anybody have a claim against me? Uh, Your Honor, would you please direct the prosecutor to produce the assessment for the charges? All right. All right. That's the assessment. All right. Now, next, okay. Direct the prosecutor to provide the assessment for the charges along with the certified audit trail of all transactions held by the mayor of the municipality and the applicable risk management department, including the voucher and all disbursement documents and receipts. Uh, you can request that in court. You can stand up and say, I request that the prosecutor direct, uh, no, I request that judge so-and-so direct the prosecutor to provide the assessment for the charges along with the certified audit trail of all transactions. I reason why there's a presumption. You don't ask for it, so they don't offer it. But you kill that presumption by offering it. Like, look, I know I want this right here for the record. I want a copy of the certified audit trail of all transactions connected with this case. You can get that with a subpoena deuces tecum, which is a subpoena for documents. So it's like, okay, so it's like now you got to prove to yourself that it's a debt collection because they're going to do everything in their power to say that it's not. So once you find out it's a debt collection, it's no different than paying off a mortgage because there is no money. That is why they hide it. The reason that they got to hide it, that it's a debt collection, they wouldn't be hiding it if we were still dealing with gold and silver. If we were still dealing with gold and silver, they'd put your ass there, hey, you got 20 pieces of gold? All right, we're going to put your ass in prison. Like they used to do back in the day. But now ain't no gold. They removed gold. We, you don't have the ability to pay for it. They got all the goddamn gold. Like, wait a minute, man, how you want me to pay for something and you put out a goddamn order taking all the goddamn gold and everything? We don't even have the capacity to do private business anymore. So they got to give you a remedy. They got to pay. Nigga, you got the gold. But what you got to understand is you cannot work to destroy the system. See, they got to keep the system afloat. Uh, it should be common sense to everybody that everybody find out about this. You know, the system would fold in on itself. So they're not going to let that happen. So you got to make sure you demonstrate. When you, when you write, you got to write these people. You got to be on their ass. You got to really show them that you know what you're talking about because they're going to make you jump through some hoops. That's just what it is. It's just what it is. It's going to be jump through some hoops. But when you know what you're talking about, like, look, motherfucker, I know you're lying. Why y'all keep trying to act like y'all motherfuckers is not, you know, I'm crazy. Y'all motherfuckers, I'm looking at this shit right here in the goddamn congressional record. I'm looking at it right here in your statutes. I understand principles and law. Now you, now you got to learn how to, now you got to learn how to um, watch what you say. Anything you say will be held against you because they always ask you, the person asking questions is the person in control. The person asking questions, like I'm watching this dude, what's this dude on YouTube? He a brother, everybody, they hate his ass, but they, they hate his ass. His name is Jesse. What's his name is Jesse? Jesse Lee Peterson. They, they, hate, they hate him, you know what I'm saying? Because he'd be like, he'll be on black people's ass, and he'd talk real slow and shit. But Jesse Peterson, more times than not, is more intelligent than the people he bring on his show. He's way he's vastly more intelligent 
than most of the people he bring on his show. Is all you work for the white man? You, I think that you um, admire white people more than black people. You a sellout. You are Uncle Tony. Call him all kind of shit. He don't let that affect him in any kind of way. He's very intelligent. He understands because uh, he's it's a lot of unspoken things I can tell that he knows and everything. And he always just be asking questions. What is, what 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 did Trump do that's racist? Can't never get a straight answer. Every he be asking people, he said, because all you want to do is keep blaming people. You got this victim mentality. You want to say it's the white man. Uh, my homeboy, he got that shit so bad. He is the white man's fault to him. And it's like, how can you keep doing that as a man? Keep on blaming somebody for your failures. You know, it's like I could. That's just not. That's that's not masculine to keep on just blaming somebody else for my. You know, his fault that I can't achieve anything in life. Or do anything with life. It's like, why would you do that? I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's crazy to me. It's like you got to get away from that. You know, I'm I'm just not on that. It's I'm not on the. Uh, I'm just not on the white. The white. Uh, it's a uh, what? What they call it? Uh, we have white. White. Uh, pop, what? What they say? It's a. Uh, um, it's the white uh, power structure white or whatever. White. They say what? White supremacy. White supremacy. I, I don't. Because words have power. Why you keep saying that? You the one making white supremacy. Because that's where your focus is. And whatever you focus on all the time grows. People, Manifest, people gonna learn I agree. Is, I totally agree. Yeah. What, what, how, what are people going to learn is how, if you want to destroy white supremacy, don't talk about it. Don't focus on it. Focus on black superiority. You know what I'm saying? That's how – because the, the universe – abhors a vacuum so you cannot get rid of anything you have to replace something with something else that's why i say you can't get rid of a habit you got to replace a habit with another habit because something has to be in that space the universe abhors a vacuum so if you want to get rid of something you got to replace it with something else so what, to replace yeah, it with something else, is back. yeah, you got to focus on that you want to replace it with. It's a law of nature. Don't call in and start arguing with me about it because you're going to look foolish because that's a law of nature. But anyway, I'll, what's your next question? Ask your question because I, I, I'm on my platform and everything. What's your next question? Uh, so real quick, I just wanted to... Uh, you know, I'm still doing the, the um, SEC process. Uh, basically, what I did was I started out with a different process a year ago. Um, I did a declaration of status and filed it in Lamar County because uh, here in Cook County, Illinois, it's, it's really hard to get stuff through. So I, right. I did it, and I did a declaration of status, you know, basically separating myself uh, from the Inligas. And so now I'm at the point where I'm trying to figure out how to – uh, I guess uh, register um, the UCC one with Illinois. Oh, okay, let so, me say this real quick before I do this. The reason why y'all have so much problems filing paperwork in court is because y'all don't use the right uh, 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 caption. Y'all don't use the right captions on your documents. The clerks are just looking at the captions. That's all they're looking at is the captions. Uh, you put the right caption on there, right here. That's all they want to see. They, the content of it ain't their business. If you put the right cap, I've never had a problem filing any paper in court. Never. <laughs> never, you know what I'm saying? Because I know how to put the right caption on there. 
All right, so you put the right caption on there and everything, it's going to go, it's going to go in, no problem. Most of the people have problems because they trying to just put, they just put the throw together document, put any type of heading on there they want to, and take it down there and say, you got to take this. They probably are supposed to take it, but the thing about it is, it makes them nervous because you put the right cap, put the right caption on there, they'll take it. Most people won't stay well, there. With the UCC one, they block, they block if the name matches, if the if the secure party and the debtor name matches, they block it. Well, then you find some creative way to do it. Go to another uh, jurisdiction and do it, because right, it's just a notice. It's a notice. You know, you can do make it a trust. Make it make the make the straw man a trust and put it in the trust. Find a creative way to do it. Once again, I ain't had a problem. I do mine online. I do mine online. Well, what, what I what I think I'm going to do or try. Well, they they actually blocked that as well. I had I changed my name. I put I added L to my last name as a secure party, and right. I sent I sent it in. You said why? No, no, I didn't say why. I say I didn't say why. Just yeah, okay. Okay. Well, do this. So, so why don't I, you just so do it? that? And they sent me a, they sent me a letter back uh, saying that this is this is fraudulent. If you try it again, will you you'll get fined or maybe in prison? So I had my 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 first middle last name as the debtor, and then I had my first middle last name, and I added L as a secure party, and they rejected it. Okay, so let me ask you a question. I right, what letter did they send you? Uh, I can probably pull it up, but it's uh, where's that letter? And, okay, everybody in the chat room, I'm going to give you the document and everything right here that I got. It's a fraudulent file. All right. It's a right here. The Secretary of State adopted rules that permit the filing office to reject a record that appears fraudulent on its face or identifies the debtor and secure party as the same person. All right. Now, fraudulent is not the same as as because you got a conjunction right there. So they didn't put that under fraudulent. All right. So you got the administ- So this ain't no, this is a rule. It's a rule. Ain't no law. All right. Now let's look at criminal penalties. And so this is why I say you got to do documentation, documentation, documentation. You can put your name and then put trust after it. This is where you get a trust. Okay. It's a trust. The debtor is a trust. Okay, because they, they play the game. They try to act like, okay, this is the same person. They know it's not the same goddamn person. All right, because what, what we used to have, let me tell you what, what they did, how, how they fighting back. We used to have the, um, we used to have what's called, if you look at the old UCC ones, they would ask for the organizational ID. They used to put the organizational ID on all your criminal paperwork. Okay, and the organizational ID it has a two-letter state ID in front of it, followed by eight initials. You can you can request it when you get your federal paperwork. If you get your jacket, have your organizational ID in there. The organizational ID was prima facie evidence that 
the straw man was a fictitious entity. They issue organizational IDs to the police department and all agencies as well. And they give your straw, your straw man an organizational ID. Or it's called a SID number, a state identification number. That's the name for it, SID, S-I-D. It's called, you can Google it on the internet and find out what I'm talking about. It's called state identification. When you look at the old UCC1s, they would ask for the organizational ID. And you put that SID number in there. They took, the, they took that off the UCC1s. And then that's when they started all this thing. Well, they're the same person. They're the same goddamn person. Had a, a goddamn organizational ID on there that y'all requested showing in y'all motherfucking records that this thing is an organization because you goddamn assigned the number to it. I'm just giving y'all a little bit of history and everything. So I can understand what that y'all can understand that we're not doing the fraud. They the ones doing the fraud. Because they making it more difficult for you to get your remedy. Now every time you sign a piece of paperwork, only option you got on there are you a US citizen. You know, things like that. You gotta sign that everywhere. So you gotta pay attention to what they these are your public servants now doing all this shit. And then you want me to say, feel sorry for these motherfuckers because they did a government shutdown. You want me to feel uh, sorry for them? Huh? I found found the paperwork if you want me to read it. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Okay, it says, Enclosed, please find documents you recently submitted to the Office of Illinois Secretary of State for filing under the uh, UCC. Pursuant to Section 9-516 of the UCC, the Secretary of State is rejecting these documents. 810-ILCS-59-516. You will find your payment for the attempted filing in a list of documents attached to Exhibit A. Article 9 of the UCC governs secure transactions. A secure transaction takes place, for example, when one business extends credit to another in exchange for a security interest in some collateral. True. The second party records the relationship with our agency to put other business on notice that it has a priority interest in said collateral. Banks, lending companies, and other businesses use this information when determining whether to extend the debtor future credit. The documents you submitted do not appear to relate to a legitimate, secure transaction. Please be advised that Section 9-501.1 of UCC, effective July 20th, 2012, provides... Oh, and go back. They don't appear what? Go back and read again. Say, they don't appear what? What did it say? It says... It said the documents you submitted do not appear to relate to a legitimate secure transaction. Please okay. be advised that section. All right, now, re, now you notice what they. I just want. I'm just pointing out the verbiage that they say appear to be legitimate. In Texas, we get another. Our letter kind of reads differently. It's from the attorney general because they have to have the protection of their superiors and everything to reject that. But keep going. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. Please, please be advised that Section 9-501.1 of the UCC, effective July 20th, 2012, provides for both criminal and civil sanctions for communicating false records to the filing office. If you attempt to file these records again, you may be subject to prosecution. You are hereby directed to cease and desist from submitting non-conforming UCC documents with the Office of Illinois Secretary of State Respectfully, the Office of General Counsel, of course, it wasn't signed by anybody. By anybody. Okay, now, now that don't mean shit. 
Okay, now I'm gonna say this. That's just a that's just a threat. Now I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna have to say this. It would be good if they did kind of charge you and everything, because then you get to take it into court. Because what has happened is nobody has ever sued them. You ought to turn around and sue their ass. I ain't say, okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna do a civil suit on you. And let's take it into court and let's see. All right, do I have a right to file this or not? And I, what I would do is I'd get all of my I'd get my SID number of my name and all of this. Okay, we finna sit down and see whether or not this is an artificial entity or not. Because, see, that's the question, okay? Now, if you go and look at public law, you see public law is everything in the public is an artificial entity. You read right here. Let me read this to you. I'm going to start I'm gonna start slow. Let me start real slow so y'all see what I'm talking about. You get on, in, in, on the Internet, and you go to Wikipedia. I'm going to start at Wikipedia. I'm going to put the link in the chat room for y'all so y'all follow along with what I'm saying. All right. Private law. Private law is that part of the civil law legal system, which is part of the just commune, that involves relationships between individuals such as the law of contracts. Remember I told you private law is contract. Or torts, Mm -hmm. all right? As it is called in common law and the law of obligations as it's called in the civil legal system. It is to be distinguished from public law, which deals with relationships between both natural and artificial persons. In other words, organizations and the state. Okay, so right here, you see that in the public deals with what? Artificial persons and natural persons, all right? You see what I'm saying? When you come into the public, they call you a natural person in the pub, but everything is artificial is my point. It's artificial. These artificial yeah. entities and everything that you're dealing with over there, everything. That's why everybody has a title in the public. Like when you go in there, you ask the judge for their name. Okay. Judge someone, they'll put judge so-and-so. I say, well, what is your name? They'll say judge so-and-so. And you say, well, I conditionally accept your offer of communication and return it to you. Uh, uh, I respectfully reject that. I would like your name and not your title. Judge so-and-so is a title because when I go down to the Secretary of State and I pull your oath of office, I don't see Judge so-and-so in there on there anywhere. It just has your name. If you've ever pulled a judge's oath of office, they don't say Judge so-and-so on there nowhere. It has their name, all right? And so it's just your name. So the reason you're asking them for their name, because I need to know who to file. I can't file a claim against Judge. That's a public name. So they're giving you that name. Because they, as long as they are in the public, they are immune. Because as long as they follow what they're being told to do, you can't sue them. All right? So I'm asking you for your name because you're not giving – because now I'm, I'm trying to get you in your private capacity is what you're asking. And they don't want to give that to you. Same thing with police officers and everybody like that on the street. Their officers, so-and-so, clerk this, secretary this. Everybody got a title in the public. And that's an artificial entity. That is how they protect themselves in the public. So when you come into the public, public and private, you got to have some sort of uh, status, too, in the public. That's why the IRS has, that's why they give you that Social Security number. That Social Security number is the tax ID number for an artificial entity. It's called an individual, which is an organization. It's a game. Listen, it's a mean game they playing. I understand it's a very, very mean game, and they have done a lot to cover up what they are doing, to try to make it seem like people are crazy. You know good and goddamn well we cannot come in here filing something against the same person. Now, what you could do is form a trust with your name or get you an LLC. So that's why you see all these processes where people are 
filing a corporation or getting a trust with their name, getting a nine eight number for it. Okay, it's okay. Well, here, here's here's the, here's what I'm filing against now, and I'm putting all this in the trust. You got to get creative with it because once they start doing all that kind of stuff, it's okay. Well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna call this the uh, Usavel Trust. All right. Now my collateral description. I'm gonna put everything in that trust. And I'm filing a claim against it. Now you can't say that I'm filing against the same organization. All right, because since y'all want to play well, this game like y'all don't understand. Huh? You know what? I think I'm going to do that because I actually do have, so I have a 9-8 number. And I, with the 9-8 number, I created an EIN with my legal name, first, middle, last. So I actually have an EIN, a, a whole separate organization. Um, underneath the uh, the 9-8 number. So maybe right. what I'll so, do is I'll send... So just uh, listen, so when you find you form your trust, now you're going to put all of your property in that trust and then form and then file a claim against that trust. Okay, you see what I'm saying? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to take all my property and put it in the trust. I'm going to do a transfer all my property in the trust. I, I created it. Create my now. I'm gonna file a UCC one against that trust, that entity that I created. And now you got prime facial evidence. That's what it is. You just gotta get creative with them. That's all. You know they've been rejecting uh, those those UCC ones since I came in what 15 years ago. It ain't nothing new. They've been doing. They've been doing that since day one. But people have been able to get in in different states. Like for instance, uh, a lot of people start filing they they stuff in um in a uh. uh I don't want to say Oklahoma. It's uh, hold on. What state? Let me let me look at it real quick. It's on the tip of my tongue. When you go over into uh, I'm gonna put this in, in the chat room so y'all can see it too. Uh, it is in uh, what is it? Let me see. I'm trying to pull up the map. Uh, Kentucky. We go over Kentucky UCC. All right. Like right now. Let me pull this up. But they claim it's some sort of international gateway for it. Because you can file a UCC one in one state and then give a notice to your state that you got a UCC one filed. You know, because really they really blocking you, you know what I'm saying, from giving notice. And there are other ways to give notice too. Not just that. But let's uh let me pull this up for you, show you what I'm what I'm talking about. And put the link in the chat room for everybody y'all wanna follow along with me. And you click on UCC index search. And if you just put organization, put United States, it's United States in there. United States Treasury. And you can see all the people in there who have, have filed UCC ones and things like that. Got a lot of UCC one filings in there. Uh, if you put United States, let me put, you put United States. And you can see a lot of people go there and do filings. You know, you see filings all the way up to like, you know, United States trustee. You can, and then you can look and see how they doing it. Cause a lot of people are doing stuff like creatively, right? It's, it's more than one way to scan a cat is my point. You got to get creative. When they start doing something, you have to get creative in what you're doing. Okay, you're trying to sit here and say that I'm, you know, doing something fraudulent, you know. 
And it's like, okay, all right, you know, like this dude right here, he, he, filed, he filed one against the United States. <laughs> he filed against the United States trustee. He put the United States name on there, which, you know, that kind of makes sense, too. I'm going to file against the United States then. You're breaking up again. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, hold on. Let me see. I think you're good. How's that sound? You're good now. Okay. All right. So you can do something like that, but you just got to get creative. That's all I can say. You got to get creative with it because they are making it harder. They're making it harder. But my thing is this. It's like, okay, why is this fraudulent? My question would be this. You got to ask yourself this question. Why is this fraudulent when the only person that I'm filing a claim against is my own my own name? What is the problem with it? It's against my name. How you going? Who is the injured party? If you're going to file criminal charges against me, well, who's the injured party? Who did I hurt? Right. If you say I'm doing yeah, it against I, and myself. I, and I understand this again. You know what I'm saying? Wait a minute. you saying I'm filing something against myself. So if I'm filing against myself, why are you threatening me with criminal charges? That don't make sense. <laughs> no, I, that don't I make agree. No I know it's all again. That don't make no sense whatsoever. It's like, well, who are you? Who who you gonna get to file uh, some goddamn uh, some goddamn criminal charges against me? You know what y'all should start doing, honestly, is start writing a letter to campaign, and start attacking all these motherfuckers. In other words, start inundating them with. I want y'all to say I got my SID number. I got this, and I understand public and private. And I want to understand why y'all trying to act like this all caps name ain't no artificial entity. Because every co- correspondence that I've ever seen, they don't never go into specifics. All they always do is say, you crazy for thinking this. This is what they believe. You know, like all that shit started with the, uh, um, um, uh, the poor, what is that organization? Not the ACLU, the, uh, it was by 2010 called poor something, uh, uh, I forgot the name, the organization. They, the ones that started all of this stuff attacking, so-called sovereigns and generated that word sovereign citizen. Okay, they the ones that did. I remember when it jumped off and everything. They started attacking. And what they'll do is, you'll see in their correspondence, all they'll do is tell you what you believe. But they'll never tell you what it is. And they'll say, well, this has been disproven. And then they'll throw some case law. Then you go read the case law. It's referring to another case. And it's, it's just running you around in a circle. Nobody is explicitly telling you that this ain't what it is because I, if you come in with an intelligent argument, okay, well, this is public and private. The United States is the United States citizen. Is that, or is that not a congressionally created citizenship? Let's start right there. Okay. Now, how is it according to the constitution did y'all seize jurisdiction over American people? Is there a distinct citizen? Is there a state citizenship and a U.S. citizenship? And if there's a difference in these two citizenships, okay, which one am I? Okay, well, you're saying you're both of them. Okay, do I have the right to uh, get rid of one of them? All right, now, if I get rid of that, okay, now, once I get rid of that, am I still liable to pay taxes? You know, it's a series of questions that you can answer them if you learn how to answer them intelligently, you know, starting with your facts. Let's establish, let's establish something. Let's, let's, can we agree on this? Can we agree on a U.S. citizen as a congressionally created citizenship? But once you start asking those questions, they ain't going to answer them. 
So that's why it always looking like you foolish, because they don't ever answer the questions. They don't ever get no questions. That's how it's been going. They don't ever answer. You look at that. When you look at on that uh, the Posse Comitatus video on my YouTube channel, he said the same thing. He said, the problem is we ask y'all questions. We can't never get an answer. And what did that senator do? We moved on to the next thing. He's like, well, no, I just want to understand is, you know, do y'all, you know, what threat do you see the government? You know, they don't address shit. They're real skillful at sidestepping the question. That's what you got to get get better at uh, getting them at, uh, making keeping them contained in a box and get, make them answer this goddamn question. And I'm going to tell you, like a lady told us here, the clerk here told us, she said, I'm not doing it. She said, the, 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 the sister here, in Georgia, who's the clerk at Fulton, I want to put out. She said, look, they making me do it. Y'all need to sue me. She told us, they said, they making us do this. It's not us. She said, it's coming from up higher than us. They making us do this. So it's like, we, you need to sue me. Sue me. Yeah, I know. I know they play games. And they make it, they, they just try to block you from, you know, Understanding and implement, implementing this information. Now what? Now let me say this: a lot of other people they have come up with other alternative ways. That's why you see people trying to put shit in the real estate records now, because you gotta have some sort of public notice. Okay, what is the public notice? I I'm trying to get some sort of public notice. You know, like when I, I did a UCC one, basically for my negotiable instruments. I right, when I write my negotiable instruments. Okay, because you have to have some sort of commercial file to give notice of a claim on a particular instrument. So you can put one just together just for that. You know what I'm saying? But make it against your trust. Uh, make it against the trust or something like that, your trust. Create a trust name, make that the debtor, and make yourself the uh, creditor, and then file it on that. Make sure they're distinct so they won't come at you with some shit like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is fraudulent or whatever. It's, okay, I created another artificial entity. I hear. Now I'm going to put all my assets in that trust. And now I'm going to file claims against that. I'm going to do business in that. I'm going to do business in that name. And make sure your collateral description explains it. You know, I'm kind of just running through it real quick off the top of my mind. But the thing is, you got to, you got to, they, they keep calling you fraud for this all caps name. It's like, it's not fraudulent. All right, y'all keep on sending these threats out and everything like that. You know there is a distinct... The first thing, the first rule is there's a public and a private, and they don't mix. And the Supreme Court will let you know that because the goddamn Constitution don't have no application in the private. So as a private citizen, I'm forming a lien against a public entity. This is why I do business in the public. This is why you're putting your Social Security number in there and all that. All right, so it's a public and private issue. But they are ignorant and acting like they don't understand that. That's what it is. They playing that game. Like they don't understand the difference between public and private. You go down there, the clerks ain't gonna have no conversation with you because they. I, I went in. I went through it in Texas. I went down to Austin, Texas, and had a, a battle with them over the filing of a UCC one, and they handed me one of them papers. Your attorney general opinion because you got to really look at the paperwork they sending you. Okay, well who ta- who is taking liability for saying that? They just sent you a threat for hitting you with a criminal charge, but ain't nobody taking liability for that threat. Who Who is taking liability for that threat when nobody signed it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I've dealt with it, you know, I've, I've gone down, 
Um, I don't know if you teach this process, but I've gone down and tried to get a DBA uh, on my name, and I talked to two or three people, and they just would not budge, um, saying that, you know, that you can't do that. And I said, well, if you if you look at the statute, it doesn't say that. It says you're not required to. It doesn't First say of all, you can't. First of all, you have the right to call a business whatever you want to call it. You have a right to call a trust whatever you want to call it. How are you trying to sit here and tell me? You know, if you want a, because a, a, attorneys do it, they incorporate their names, right? So if I incorporate my name, okay, how I can't I can't get a DBA on it or something like that? They then start putting all these roadblocks in place on shit. Or when you get your IRS form, you know, they try to put something out to the side of it or something like that. Let it know it's a corporate entity, but that's what you can do. You can incorporate your name, you know, and then do something, you know, and then and then you know file claim. You got to get creative, is all I'm trying to say, because they're gonna play that game with you and everything. And then you got to have something that shows prima facie evidence under their system that it's some sort of corporate entity. When the social security number should do that, the social security number shows you that it's some sort of public entity that's created by Congress. That's the creation of Congress. I mean, everybody should be coming and saying, like, what are you talking about? Congress created all this shit. It's Congress's stuff. This y'all property. It tells you Social Security number. You know, all, the, all this is shit y'all created in y'all system. That's not me. You didn't create me. And you don't have no authority over me. You see what I'm saying? It's some real common sense stuff that they seem to lack. And, that, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing divine retribution on them with this government shutdown. We just, as public people, need to be prepared and everything, because now we have to wean ourselves off of depending on the government. Yeah, because we should, because that ain't never been their job, no way. All that damn welfare shit is something that was instituted by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. We shouldn't, this country wasn't established on welfare. We wasn't supposed to be dependent on the government for shit. We need to break loose of that dependency and wean ourselves off of them and, you know, I kind of, people don't like Trump and shit like that, but I kind of, that's how I kind of look at it. I kind of look at it like, okay, well, people need to learn how to start doing things for themselves. Right, you got all these 800,000 employees. All right, we got too many. That's why they call big government. We don't need all them goddamn government employees. I feel sorry for all you government employees out there, but this is what's going, this is what we're talking about. Y'all not, y'all are not really living up to y'all constitutional oaths. Uh, y'all are trying to act like y'all are the master, and you are not the master. You're a public servant. Uh, you are supposed to be serving us. We don't serve you. And over the years, it's grown more and more. The attitude that you see reflected in people who work in the public is as if they are the master, and we are their fucking property. And I think everybody on listening on this call can agree with that. So it's like, it's karma. You got to be reminded. It's like, well, you don't tell me what my job is. I'm not telling you what your job is. I'm reminding you of what your job is. That's what you tell them. Anytime somebody in public tell you, you can't tell me what my job is, you say, I'm not telling you what your job is. I'm reminding you of what your job is. I'm reminding you of that fact. I had plenty of conversations with them over the phone. I understand exactly what you go through, but you got to get creative, brother. You had to get creative with it because, see, I can put out a, a class and teach y'all do stuff. Like, if I, like for instance, right now, I'm, I can guarantee you that passport thing has been a change in everything because they're constantly changing everything. They're constantly changing shit. It works for a little while, then they change it. 
Some work for a little while and they change it. Some work, but at the end of the day, they cannot get away from the fact that you have a right, right? Free will. I have a right to come out of your system. Right? And you start writing the Social Security Administration. Like a good example of that would be Aaron Coates. Uh, Aaron Coates put some very good uh, information out. I'll read that for you real quick. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You wrote a letter to like the uh, Secretary, like the uh, Social Security Administration and to the IRS. All right. I'll read it to y'all. So you can get some ideas on different things to do, the different things to do. And I am telling y'all this for a reason. So pay attention why, why, what, where I'm going with this. All right, so if you look at one man out, which is in, uh, it's in the SBC University. Uh, it's also in my, uh, my Facebook group as well. You know, my Facebook group. You usually go to Facebook and then put in Secure Party Creditor dash uh, HFR uh, dash HFR. You know, that's my Facebook group. You can ask to join over there. Got a whole bunch of files for free over there. You just go and get all the stuff I'm talking about is in the file section over there too. Okay, and you can go over and you can see this letter that was written, and I'm going to read it to you, all right? He did a declaration of, of status, and he also did what I really like is the letter that he wrote to the Social Security Administration, all right? And I'm going to uh, read this to you. It is real good. And the reason I like it because you can see he created his own, he created his own process. He created his own process. All right, so, and what he did was he notified all the different agencies. And the way he notified them is, uh, is what I really like, how he, wrote, how he wrote them. He also asked for a debt assessment, too. In other words, before he uh, uh, started uh, discharging debt, he, he wrote the IRS and asked them, how much money do I owe you? Let me make sure I balance the books. Because that was another thing that came up, that you can't discharge debt if you owe the IRS any money. They won't let you discharge any debt if you owe, owe the IRS any money. All right, so let me get this. Um, let me pull this out for you. All right. Make sure this is it right here. Uh, this is all your... Uh, Commercial notice of trade name, right? Debt assessment. All right. Let me read the one for the IRS. He sent one to the commissioner of the IRS first. So he he wrote the IRS a letter, certified mail, return receipt requested, and sent him a notice of contract cancellation. Isn't that a good name? Because you contracted with them, right? Everybody's always talking about, well, you know, the IRS is an illegitimate. Uh, taxes are voluntary. Uh, yeah, it is voluntary, but you voluntary, uh, you voluntarily agree to pay taxes when you use Federal Reserve notes. That's their fucking money. How could you tell me if I made some money and all my money had my picture on the use of L, and I let you use it to engage in business, on condition of fact that I'm, I get a certain percentage of money called a tax, and you come around and tell me that I can't tax you and everything, but you're using my goddamn money. 
That don't make no sense. All right, so go back. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. When they asked Jesus that question, he asked him, whose picture is on the money? Caesar's. Well, render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and unto the Lord what is the Lord's. So it's that con- notice of contract cancellation, commissioner and all parties concerned. This notice and request is in regards to the original applications of the 1040 and slash or any other adhesion contracts here and after called contract filed with the Internal Revenue Service here and after IRS. As you are aware, one's name is one's property. For one's name to enjoy sui juris status, that name must be free of explicit legal disability resulting from some contract, indenture, or commercial agreement which is held by a fellow citizen, corporation, or by an agency of government. Mr. Commissioner, I am the holder in due course of the document of title over the legal person to which you may hold said contract. I feel that it is important for you to know, as it is my duty to inform you, that those same documents are the sole property of Aaron Wayne, sui juris, and that you must release said contracts to me, Aaron Wayne. Since Aaron Wayne claims sui juris status in connection with his property or name, he requests that your agency, if it disputes the above status, in connection with his name, produce a photocopy of all documents being held in due course. See UCC 3-305.52 that create the explicit legal disability to the claim sui juris status or standing related to the name Aaron Wayne Coates. Now, what is he saying in that, in that paragraph? He said, if y'all going to dispute what I'm saying, do you produce your records and everything showing that you got a, a higher right or claim to this property that I'm talking about than I, than I do? All right, if you got that. And he, and he quote UCC 3-305, which is what? Claims and recoupment. You got some sort of claim to this? We're talking about claims now. Do you have a claim? What's your claim? Because I'm making a claim right now. My claim is this is all my stuff. If you got a superior claim, I'm giving you an opportunity to rebut that. That's called good faith. Is that illegal? Am I doing something wrong? I'm just making a claim, and I'm notifying you in a letter. I'm giving you an opportunity to rebut my claim. It goes on, it says, the taxpayer identification number, which is your Social Security number, has been accepted for value and is the sole property of Aaron Wayne Sui Juris. The taxpayer identification number and the name they're under has been filed uh, with the Department of Licensing, Commercial Registry, State of Washington, Secretary of State, Department of the Treasury, and the Spokane County Auditor, evident, and that's, the, that's their UCC commercial chamber at that time, Department of Treasury, and the Spokane County Auditor, evidencing that the name and the tax identification number belong to me, and that a security agreement exists between the debtor Aaron Wayne Coates and the secure party sovereign Aaron Wayne, any and all contracts, 1040 or otherwise, under the name Aaron Wayne Coates, or any derivatives thereof or therefrom, as well as the same said taxpayer identification number, and any records, files, accounts, debentures, and indentures are listed as collateral in the above-mentioned security agreement. As a sovereign and citizen of the republic, he didn't say sovereign citizen, he said as a sovereign and a citizen of the republic, the secured party is tax-exempt and exempt from levy, and any further operation in or use by the IRS Incorporated for purposes other than those expressly permitted by Aaron Wayne Seward Juris of the name attached to the taxpayer identification number where above will be considered an infringement upon the exclusive and alienable rights of private domain of secured party and trade name infringement. Those we talk about private stuff now. He's reverting everything. He's talking about private, my private property. 
This private, we only talk about private stuff. Mr. Commissioner, if your agency, the Internal Revenue Service Incorporated, suggests that the original 1040 label form or any other contracts do not exist, then please inform me so that I can file a 1040-NR to appropriately be labeled as a non-resident alien, as it is my understanding that this is my status as a sovereign of the republic, a state citizen. Any and all records, files, and or account balances are to be sent in my trade name to the geographical location provided. I expect a courteous and immediate response, releasing my private property. Please be timely in regard to Regulation Z, grace period of the Federal Truth and Lending Act. Your assistance is greatly appreciated in this matter. Your failure to respond to the above request within 60 days of your signed receipt of this notice will constitute your agreement and consent of the matters stated herein and legally established that the Internal Revenue Service Incorporated can offer no documents that are held in due course due to dispute the claimed status of Aaron Way Suri Juris, the secure party sovereign, not having the status of United States citizen, the jurisdiction and venue of the District of Columbia, having by birth the status of a non-resident alien, having by birth the status of a non-resident alien, and having secured said status and the inalienable rights of the sovereign, hereby declares void and fraudulent said contracts, and hereby requests that all records, files, accounts, fixtures, debentures, and indentures derived therefrom are to be released to the secure party immediately. Okay, so he wrote that to the IRS. That's a letter to the IRS. And what does this letter contain? It's a letter, okay, here's my claim, and here's my opportunity for you to rebut that claim. Here's what I'm claiming. I'm claiming that all calves name, that social security number you set up, that birth certificate. I'm doing all that. Okay, I'm removing myself from your system. I want you to clear all your records and everything. Take me out of your system. I don't want shit in your system. I don't want shit to do with what you're doing or anything like that. I ain't no operational presumption on your part that can continue to exist because now I'm giving you expressly in writing what my status is and how I feel about the situation. I think that y'all defrauded me. I think that y'all tricked me. Okay. Like you told me you got me to get a social security number, made me think that I needed one to work. All right, let's look at what he wrote to the sec the Social Security Administration now. And you need to do all of this. This is what you need to do to let these people know. All right. You gotta let them know, all right? And then in your correspondence, you demonstrate the depth of your knowledge in your correspondence. All right, so let's go to the next one. Are you still there? Can you, everybody hear me? I'm not breaking up or nothing, am I? No, you, you're good. You're good. I'm here. All right. So now, wait, hold on. He, he wrote another letter. Let me do this first. To the regional director of the IRS. He wrote a letter to the commissioner of the IRS, and each of y'all got regional directors. All right. So there's a regional director in your area. He gave him a notice, too. All right. And it's basically, uh, yeah, I like this one. Let me let me show you what he wrote to, you, to the, re, the IRS regional director. He said, please find and close the copy of withdrawal statement of the form SSA 521 and form 56 presented as documentation of dissolution and termination of business entity, which was also sent to the Social Security Administration. This constitutes actual and constructive notice that I, Aaron Wayne, Stewart Juris, and the Coates family, secure party slash creditor, Herein and hereby revoke, terminate, and cancel any and all admiralty slash maritime contracts 
whether adhesion, visible, invisible, express, or implied, by and between the Internal Revenue Service, its or their agents, employees, officers, representatives, agencies, and or instrumentalities, and at Aaron Wayne Coates, Aaron Wayne Coates, Coates Jr., he give all different derivatives of his name, created by or through any and all Social Security applications, 1040 labels, W-4 forms, W-2 forms, or any other instruments slash documents, and further hereby revoke and terminate any and all fiduciary responsibilities, constructively created thereof or therefrom, including any alleged granting of power of attorney that was implied through any such forms or by any of the before mentioned agents or agencies, not pro chunk to the date of my birth due to fraud, non-disclosure and failure of fair consideration in accordance with uniform commercial code, article one, subsection 107 and UCC 1-2-302 and your birth date. Further, I, Sui, uh, Aaron Wayne, Sui Juris, have duly accepted for value, filed and registered with the United States Secretary of the Treasury, the Department of Licensing, Uniform Commercial Code Division, among others, my birth registration documents in accordance with our joint resolution 182 of June 5th, 1933 and UCC 1-104, subsection 10-104, thereby and further herein, revesting grant or title of all property in accordance with Title 26 Code of Federal Regulations 1.676A-1 to include any and all duties of power of attorney under 26 Code of Federal Regulations subsection 601.503, which were displaced due to fraudulent inducements to transact business and non-disclosure material facts and legal ramifications. It was further found and determined that the application for birth registration and live birth report and insurance of a certificate of live birth, all one and the same security instrument as articulated in the UCC Article 8, Section 103 and 105, and do not have any authorized signatures thereon, Article 3, Section 4102, uh, 401, and are therefore counterfeit securities further warranting a return thereof. Further, as more thoroughly articulated within the statement of withdrawal, form SSA 521 enclosed, I, Aaron Wayne, was fraudulently induced through cavernous actions into the jurisdiction of the federal government by way of the before-mentioned contract slash forms, thereby altering my citizenship as a real freeborn human without with, uh, being within the republic held under Article 2, 1, Clause 1. 1.5, and further by altering my name and title and creating a corporate entity, uh, ends legis, and by and through the Social Security application and all other documents, further subjecting and compelling the real human being to be a subject of the Corporation Tax Act of 1909. Now, that, now, that is a very interesting subject to talk about the Corporation Tax Act of 1909, something that, that, that also started affecting the unincorporated business organization, the trust also during that time. And when you see a lot of, uh, from 1909 to about 1926, they made a lot of changes to the tax uh, codes. I'll do that, we'll do that for a later date. You are the district director already know that these actions are fraudulent because the power of Congress of the United States and the government of the United States, the laws of the United States and regulations of the United States apply only to Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, not exceeding 10 square miles and of, and of which does not extend to the Republic. OK, and then he gives the case to Trago versus Nagueros, uh, volume 214, United States reporter, page 216, year 1909. The District of Columbia was formally adopted as or was allowed to adopt itself as a municipal corporation in 1871 under the 41st Congress, referenced in the third section of the chapter 62 and 63. They were also authorized to adopt the U.S. Constitution through the 14th Amendment as a bylaw, as well as all standing public law as by all, by all, as, as by all bylaws. Now, I went and did the research and looked in the Black's Law Dictionary under the word Constitution, under a, uh, get a eighth edition 
uh, ninth or tenth, and you'll see right there under the four cents of the word under parliamentary law, you'll see that which is laws that regulate legislatures, you can see that the Constitution forms a corporation. So they're using it as a bylaw that 14th Amendment allowed corporations to be citizens, and they created a whole nother government under the citizens under that. Through uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, all right, all right. If they, what they use, they use Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3, which is the Commerce Clause. They use Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, which is their ability to create their own court system. And they use Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, which is their jurisdiction. And then they created this 14th Amendment. When you look behind that 14th Amendment and see all the fraud behind that, how they did a military occupation, all the southern states, and forced them uh, to pass it, okay, this 14th Amendment. Okay, and brought in this new congressionally created citizenship they, that became the property of Congress, which under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, they have plenary power all over all their insular possessions. And now 14th Amendment citizen is considered an insular possession of Congress because they created it's congressionally created. So you begin to understand what this sentence is talking about. Okay, they were also authorized to adopt the U.S. Constitution through the 14th Amendment as a bylaw. Okay, this is where you get this talking about they got two constitutions, a constitution of the United States and a constitution for the United States of America. It's, Look, it's, very it's, a, it's, a, it's a very powerful letter. I think, I think if you just use this letter along with this call, uh, to do your studies, you you will learn a lot, a hell of a lot. That's why I'm doing it. You know, that's why I'm doing the call yeah. right now. All right, because the thing Let about me, it I is, have a question, I'm, I have wait, a question. I'm gonna let you ask your question. I'm showing you okay, the level that you have to be at. You know, when your documentation, when you write these people and everything, you need to demonstrate. You gotta you gotta document the fraud. Because what they're gonna do is they're gonna try to say we don't know what you're talking about. No, nah, motherfucker. Let me let me let me let me take you step by step, all right? And let me and let me show you the proof of everything I'm motherfucking saying. That's how you have to be, because these people will deny, 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 because they understand this. They operate off a simple principle: the burden of proof is on he who asserts, not he who denies. They they ain't got to prove a goddamn thing. You the one making the claim, you prove it. All right, go ahead and ask your question. Okay, so I just wanted to say this real quick too. Yeah, I, I you know I've briefly been in, in court over uh, foreclosure, and I brought up bonds um, privately, a side conversation with the attorney, the uh, plaintiff, and she's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. So then I did some research based off listening to to you know to you, and I went and looked in the statutes and found that they have to bring a bond. And she she's claiming that she has no idea what I'm talking about. Well, um, they can say that. The question, they can, they can, that's, that's, that everybody in government, that's their favorite response. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that is the best response. You don't get perjured. You ain't liable for nothing. You just say, I don't know. Like when you come in, they say, do you understand? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? You understand the right. charges? I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Do the same thing to you. You got you got to put in a bond. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, motherfucker, here it is, right here, right. You got to put it in a face. You got to put it in a face. That's why I say I own this government shutdown. It's karma because they know what they're doing. But go ahead, go and finish what you were saying. I'm gonna interrupt you. 
Okay, so the, qu- the question I have, and I'll fall off. Like I, I appreciate it, you know everything that you've done and 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 you know, the time that you put into uh, putting this information out there. But um, you you brought up the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution for the United States. Are those actually two different documents or just two different? Um, you know what? There used to be a there, there used to be a website on the uh, internet that had dudes did some research. I think it was up in Massachusetts and they went and found it. Okay. Like, like the old guy got the missing 13th amendment. I got that on one of my videos where you can get, and they got in the state where they is putting in, uh, they making a request. Somebody posted it on the video out there uh, on my YouTube channel. It's a link to the uh, website. I think it's in Utah. Where they, uh, where they got over there, they're like, look, we want to know what all this shit is that y'all doing. Uh, there, there, there are people actually filing cases against them on this. Y'all just don't know about it. Okay, so the thing is, is that he found this missing 13th Amendment. So that right there lets you know, okay, well, if this is it, what was in the original Constitution, what is this shit that y'all giving us right here? You know, his original 13th Amendment said, uh, talked about attorneys and shit. Uh, titles of nobility and all this kind of stuff. So they, 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 the trick is that they done made this constitution look exactly the same. And that's why they'll call it the United States Constitution. They put everything in, they name everything what is theirs. When, once you start paying attention, you're going to be able to see. Hold on for a second. All right, once you're talking about the, because uh, uh, this has been something that's been talked about for years and everything, these two constitutions, because I ain't no two constitutions. You got to really do study. The first place you go is you got to study the definition of constitution. Start right there. All right, pull out, and you're going to have to get a newer dictionary to do it. All right, because you got to understand what parliamentary law is. You got to start understanding what parliamentary law is. All right. So that that governs legislatures. All right. So Congress is our legislature. All right. So under that definition, you can see quite clearly that you can form a corporation and call it a constitution. Also, you find in the Federal Registry, you'll also see what they call United States a corporation. Okay, calls the corporate a corporate body. All right. A body corporate rather. Right, and a body corporate is a public or private organization. It's a public or private corporation. It's a corporation, public or private. You can see that in Black Thought Fourth Edition. It'll give you the definition of that, a body corporate. So when you look and you see, and that's what you should also do too, is you should get, when you're reading the Constitution, uh, you should get older dictionaries during that time to really get a sense of the original spirit, intent, and meaning behind the word. The word. Now you're going to hear a lot of people like the left and everything. They're like, well, we, we shouldn't have guns. The number reason, one reason you have guns is to protect yourself from government. And the, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence all tells you that, okay, you have a right as a free people when your government becomes despotic is to tear it down, take it back, and put in a, institute another one. You can't do that if you ain't got no, or no arms to do it with, and the government got all the arms. And it, right. it, it's martial law. You see what I'm saying? This country wasn't set uh-huh. up like that. Uh-huh. No, I got you. I got you. All right. So you'll hear people out there talking, they just blatantly disregarding the Constitution. All right. So when you see this of and for, which are both pro- pro- uh, prepositions, all right, 
you need to study of, open up a dictionary, and understand the distinguish uh, uh, the difference between the preposition of and for. And you'll see that there's a comp- this co- this constitution was for the United States of America. And you have a constitution of the United States. Now it's going to be hard for you to find that evidence of that, but you'll see evidence of it. They take they scraped the internet and took a lot of stuff off the internet. There was actually a website with some white guys did some uh, 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 research on it and found it. Now I used to go to it all the time, but they eventually started. They didn't eventually took it down. But the boys did a lot of research, and I think it was up in Massachusetts. One of those northern uh, states up north that they found it in their library, you know, and in, in their uh, records up there. All right. So, but is that important? That's no, not that important. What is important is that you understand separation of powers. This is what's important. More important than saying there's two constitutions. What's important is you got to understand separation of powers first. You got to understand the seven principles of the Constitution. One of those principles being separation of powers. Each of the individual branches cannot in, uh, intervene with another. So the political branches are the legislature and the executive branch. All right, those are political. So when they say, when the, uh, Article 3 says, well, we can't uh, answer a political question, what they are referring to without saying it is separation of powers. We cannot interfere with what Congress is doing. We can only take cognizance over this matter if it becomes a constitutional question, meaning that they are acting outside the uh, delegation authority that's been given to them, then we can step in and we can oversee the matter. However, if they not, if they haven't overstepped their bounds, there's nothing we can do. All we can do is act in an appellate capacity to review what they did. That's why the procedures are over there too. We can come in and compel it. And that's when you really have to read article three and article one to understand it. Cause article three, section two will have you believe that Congress can create article three court, but that violates separation of powers. How Congress don't create Article Three Court? You can't create an Article Three Court. That's why they have the Judiciary Act. The Judiciary Act is something by Congress, and they created a Supreme Court of the United States. And there's the United States Supreme Court. There's a, I mean, sorry, there's the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And then there's the Supreme Court. And then when you go into in the history, you'll see that the Supreme Court justices were questioned. When you go and study the uh, the the records of the Judiciary Act. You see the Supreme Court justices asking them, how is a man going to have two offices when both of the offices are incompatible with each other? And this is where delegation of powers doctrine came in. They can delegate a portion of their power to the other branches. You can get on the Internet and Google right now delegation of powers to Article 3, and you'll see articles pop up explaining it to you. How Article Three judges receiving or a delegation of power from Article One, and so if Congress don't want the Supreme Court in their business, they can do that. They can say, okay, well, we don't want you to have judicial review of that. So we're looking at a Supreme Court of the United States. That's Article One, and the judges are acting in what's called an administrative capacity. And to fool everybody, they close their and they got court cases that explain this. I, I, I can dig them up for you. They got uh, article. They got judges under Article One with lifetime tenure and protection from salary diminution, but that and they'll tell you in the case, but that is not the mark that it's Article Three. The mark that it's Article Three is that the delegation of the office comes from the Constitution, not from Congress. If the if the delegation of the power is coming from Congress, Congress can't do nothing with Article Three because of separation of powers. They can't create no office over in Article 3. 
because they ain't got separation of powers prevents that. But what they did was they made everything look like Article 3. And they have the power to do that because what? They got plenary power to do whatever they want as long as they don't violate the Constitution. They got a right to create a corporation. They got a right to create all these uh, Article 1 courts. Where, where they get the right to do that? Under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9. And they call them whatever they want, even though they're inferior to the Supreme Court. They are inferior courts. That's why you also have exhaustion of administrative remedies, right, what's called the Ashwander Rules. The Ashwander Rules is the Supreme Court justice is telling you before we can take cognizance or jurisdiction over something in Article 3, you have to exhaust everything over at Article 1 because they provided you remedies over there. Right, so you didn't have the status as U.S. citizen. You just can't jump out and come over here in Article 3 claiming fraud. You need to allow these people an opportunity to give you a remedy first. And if they won't give you a remedy, then you can come holler at us. Because you've been over there taking benefits. You've been over there taking benefits and privileges from Article 1 all your goddamn life. Now, all of a sudden, you want to jump out. And now, now you can look at what Trump is doing and say, oh, you shut down the government. Let the people out there find out what's going on. Let them wean themselves off of this dependency of the federal government and come and rediscover their constitutional roots, their Republican roots. And you see in this big movement of a lot of black people leaving the Democratic Party going over to the Republican Party because they're beginning to understand what happened. The Democrats is the one put us in prison. Under goddamn Clinton. The Democrats is the one pushing welfare. The Democrats are the one pushing damn uh, homosexuality, abortion, anything that is blatantly against any type of Christian values in this country and everything, they're pushing it on you. Y'all need to look and see what's going on. I'm trying to tell you. So when you do your correspondence, I mean, let them do the pushback. But you got to push back harder. You got that's why I'm showing you all these. Like, look, okay, let me write y'all directly. Fuck the UCC. Let me write y'all directly some letters, and let's get some shit straight. You know, you start your letter writing campaign. All right, let me write y'all these letters and everything. Let y'all know what it is. That I understand what's going on. I'm gonna document everything for you. I'm gonna send it to you, certified mail with a notary and everything. And I'm gonna give you the opportunity to respond to it because you have a duty to respond. It's a duty. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely check that that uh that letter out to Aaron. What is his name? Aaron Coates. Because it's a lot of good, a lot of good. This stuff was written that. in 2002, and y'all reading it like 17 years later, and y'all can see like, God damn, look at all this stuff this dude researched on. He found out way back then. Y'all still talking about the same thing today. The same thing, but it's just people was doing more research. They're doing way more research. It was in them damn books and everything, pulling all this shit out. And that's what I put in that judge's face on my case. I say, look, I got the case law right here on this damn corporation. It's in the books. It ain't like it's being hidden or anything like that. It's in the damn books. Yeah, you call it for the District of Columbia. United States is in the District of, of Columbia. That's where it is. All right. That is not the we live in the we live in the United States of America. 
It's a difference between you. That's why they don't never say United States of America. They don't say District Court of the United States of America. They don't put that on their courthouses. They say District Court of the United States. As a reason why. Because the United States is a proper noun. It's a, it's a particular person, place, or thing. It's a name of something. All right. Well, what, what, you had anything else for me? As far as that, you can <laughs> no, right. get creative with it. Okay, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks a lot. That's all I have. All right, you're welcome. All right, let me get back on. That was a good call, though. I like I like questions like that because that, that 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 that's a good question. Those are good, real good questions because you're right. But you got to understand this is why I this is why I spend so much time. I don't spend time on remedies. I spend time on teaching people un- to understand what has happened to you. So you can go into your remedy with conviction. You got to have the truth. The truth will make you will make you make you free. Don't say anything goddamn thing about setting you free. Go make you free. The truth will make you free. Not set you free. Let me go back to the phone line. Where I'm at. Uh, let's go over to Eric Code. Mm, oh yeah, right now. Let's go to North Carolina real quick. North Carolina. Phone line is open. Seven oh four Eric Code, North Carolina. Uh, yes, uh, hi. This is uh brother Ellis. Uh this is my first time joining the call and I'm just listening and I just got a lot of information from a new and you just went into it a little bit more deeper. And I'm just now getting started with my secure party. Uh I just had some medical health issues and try to get back and get it resolved. But I would like to talk with you one on one one day when you get opportunity and everything like that. But right now I don't have any questions. Just uh listening right now. Okay. All right, brother. I got your number. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me go back to the phone line. I think this is right here, Philly. Is it Philadelphia? Four one five Erico. Philadelphia. Yeah. What's happening? I mean it's Cali. Hello? I'm sorry, Cali. California. Hello, Houston. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, what's going yeah. on with you, man? Hey, what's happening? Yeah, I can hear you. On? All yeah, right. Good. This is uh, this is Brian. I've been trying to contact you for a while now, but um, yeah, I have some questions for you about uh about about my criminal case. Uh, it got it just it, it, it just got transferred from the state to the feds, and uh, I'm uh I'm trying to figure out uh where should I start. As far as um, my administrative process, where should I start first? Well, everything that I just got through telling you, uh, you got a document. First of all, you have to establish your status, okay? Because the only reason that it got transferred to the feds is because they have jurisdiction. In your indictment, 
Okay, it's going to take they always put the jurisdictional element in your indictment. Okay. I remember what yours was. It was a gun. Okay. That gun right. was manufactured and it got carried across state lines. That's what the, that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna uh that's what they're saying they got jurisdiction from. Okay, that gun, you're in possession of something that was created from one of their corporations, one of their sub corporations. That's theirs. All right. You if you're a convicted felon, all right. You don't have no rights to be in possession of something like that. That's that's what that U.S. citizen thing does. That's why they call them firearms. Okay, they give labels. They change the definitions of everything uh, to support their property. Okay, so you're in possession of some of our property, okay, which is a firearm. So you need to establish in your records is you have to establish what your status is. You should really should be one man out to really understand what it is. You need to start canceling all them contracts with the IRS. I would start with the social security number because the social security number is what's really the primary thing that's giving them jurisdiction because that's what they form in those bonds against. All right. They form, they're going to put a bond. They're going to put a lien on you against your property and the property they lean it up is that social security trust account. They, they want to call it Sestway K trust or whatever it is, uh, whatever name you want to give it. It's a lien against, they're not going in the trust. They put forming a lien against it because value is created in negotiable instruments through interest in things, not the thing itself. Value is created through interest in things, not the thing itself. Let me say that again so everybody can hear me clearly. Value in the United States of America or in the United States is created through interest in things, not the thing itself. Uh, interest in your home. An interest in your car or an interest in your body. That's the value, not the thing itself. All right. So that's a lien. That is that is in, that comes across in a lien in the form of a lien. Liens are evidence of interest in things, not the thing itself. This is why I did that show on the on the uh, Jewish shetar because that's where it has its origin in. Right? They don't want to introduce that into England because the Jews couldn't own property. They couldn't own property. So they created this way of, well, we can't own the property, but we got an interest in it. And they transferred that today. Y'all say, well, the banks can't own property. They don't own it. They got an interest in it. And then they get you to sign on your mortgage. Uh, they, call, they call it uh, that you, it's called seize. Right, they say, well, you guarantee that this property has been seized. Look at your mortgage and see the word seized in there and look it up. They say, you own it. You the owner of it. Fraud like a motherfucker. Okay. It's fraud like a motherfucker. Yeah, like, Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just want to, I just want to tell you where I'm at. Uh, 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 presently in the case, uh, my, my, my federal public defender, uh, he already pleaded for me, um, not, not guilty. And uh, I'm, I'm also, uh, my, uh, my mom, uh, signed an unsecured, uh, fifty thousand signature bond, uh, bond me out, so I can be. Out here talking to you right now, and uh, when you put, when you put in, a, when you put in, a, when he put in that, okay, that's called. You, they say we're gonna waive, we're gonna waive, uh, we're gonna waive. Uh, he, he gonna waive your um, uh, when you come in and plead. I forgot it's keep escaping my mind right now, but that's a not guilty plea. A not guilty plea is saying that you're gonna argue. All right, so you need to get your public defender under control right now. You need to send him a letter and say. Hey, look, 
right, this is what I want you to do. It's called a letter rogatory. If you want to call it an attorney instructional letter, you can. The reason it's called a letter rogatory is because you are foreign to them. All right, you're in the you're in the private, okay? They're in the public, okay? So you're your own court. Court is being held on paper as a sovereign. You owe your own court, okay? You cannot be. That's what the affidavit of sovereignty is talking about, okay? When you read that, all right? So you're sending a letter from your court to their court, basically instructing them, okay? Here's what the public defender. He's defending the public. He's not defending you. That's why he called a public defender. He's he's right. defending the public. You're not the public. All right, so you're giving them instructions. The first thing in your instructional letter is not to argue, because when you argue cases, that's called a traverse. All right, when you traverse charges, that means you're going to argue, and arguments that means that now we have to go into what's called fact finding, okay, and then you have to go before a fact trier, which is either the judge in the case of a bench trial or the jury trial. The jury decides the facts. The judge described the, uh, decides the law. He rules on the law. The jury rules on the facts. The judge rules on the law. Okay? All right, so you're okay. arguing. So before you go in there, you already have, have to have all the facts established, okay, that there is no argument. So before you even send this attorney your letter, you need to do an administrative process against that prosecutor, whoever the prosecutor is. I, and secure and a stipulation or an agreement that there are no material facts at issue. Now, what is it that you're going to send him? Okay, there is a document in creditors and their bonds. I, the first thing you want Where to do Where do I is, find is, creditors in their bonds? Because I haven't in, I look, I look the, the, uh, You can go right over there to my high frequency radio Facebook group, it's right there in the file section. Okay. Right on. I, I just put in, go to Facebook, put in. Uh, Secured party creditor dash HFR, and you're gonna see it pop up. And you have to join that group. And if you don't have a if you don't have a uh, if you don't have a picture on your uh, on your profile or it look fake, I just automatically just deny you because I ain't gonna have all the motherfucking trolls and shit coming in. So I just you know I keep it very very I keep it monitored to a high degree in there. So you try to come in there with a fake profile, you know you got a fake profile. I just I don't let you in just off the rip. Okay, but if you okay. then even if you try to come in with a profile, I'm still looking at your profile, see what kind of person you are. I'm looking at that, but I let these people because I keep all them trolls and shit out. Keep them trolling in there, po- posting shit don't have nothing to do with what the subject matter of the group is all about. Okay, so you come in there and you go in there, and you get that, and you'll see a, you'll see an administrative process in there. The first thing you do in administrative process, the first thing you create is your certificate of non-response. The next thing you do is you create your letter of acceptance. I, and you put some sort of instrument or bond with that, okay? And then you de- default him out in 21 days, and then you come into court with all of that. You bring that, and then you remove it into an equity jurisdiction by filing a bill in equity, okay? You want this? You want to rule on the facts on this case. Now, they're going to take you through a lot of stuff in the feds. The feds is very, um, the feds is like real, real tough because they, Say, especially if you're arrested inside, because they don't allow a lot of movement and shit like that. But you're free. All right, so you got this time that's going to come up into your court date where you need to complete this administrative process. Once you've completed this administrative process, you attach that to your letter of instruction, and you send that to your attorney, and you instruct him to file all of that. Okay, I need you to file okay, all this I into got, the case. 
Okay, I wrote down, uh, you was kind of moving ahead fast. I couldn't write everything down. You said certificate of non-response. I wrote that down. And then what else did you say? The certificate, of, well, your certificate of non-response is what's going to be attached to your letter of instruction. Before you give that attorney an instruction, you should already have completed a administrative process. Because in your letter, you're okay. going to be telling that uh, that the public defender there are n- is no argument. You do not have the authority to foster argument on this case. That's the first thing that you got to address. To get out of going to a trial, there has to be no argument. Okay, cannot be argument. That's why I try to tell people challenge jurisdiction. You challenge in jurisdiction, you you that's an argument. You you arguing y'all don't have jurisdiction over me. So now you granting them jurisdiction to determine whether or not they have jurisdiction. So they're gonna have a hearing on it. Or something, you know what I'm saying? You're fighting. Okay, so you fight the case. You okay when you fight? You got to go to the church. That, that, that should be, and I don't think, I don't see how anybody can even controvert what I'm saying. It's like, if you argue, that's what it is in court. Court is a place for argument. And also when you argue, let me say this about arguing. When you argue, this one thing I'm going to give the attorneys, they props on. That's what they experts in. You, you, the superior man stays in his own domain. You don't want to go in that domain of arguing. You know, you stepping into a domain of pit bulls and everything. I give attorneys they props on that. That's what they experts in and arguing. I don't even want to go against them too much because they good. It's the ones good at what they do. I give them they props on that. They can argue a case like a motherfucker, some a good one, but that ain't your domain. Your domain right. ain't in the domain of arguing. Your domain is in the domain of acceptance of creditor. That I understand the true nature of the jurisdiction of this action is all commercially related. Twenty-seven CFR seventy-two point one one. All commercial. All right. crimes are commercial. Yep. Uh, also, understanding the Constitution. I right, separation of powers. I right, these statutes and everything that you're charging me under, they come under the authority of Congress. All right. So you got me in an administrative Article One court. I'm not in an Article Three court. You're not in an Article Three court. Believe that. You're not in an Article Three court. You're not. So you got to be able to document all of that and understand that. Put in an affidavit of truth where you say all of that. Where you put that in. Send that to the prosecutor. Give him a chance to answer it or rebut it, and then file a uh, certificate. See everything. You got to send everything to that prosecutor. When he, he don't answer it, you got to default him out. You got to file that default in the case. That's called an estoppel. Estoppel is a equitable uh, defense, right? A stop. You're used to stop from arguing anything now because you had the opportunity to do it when I was corresponding with you through the, through the mail. And and let me tell you something that you file. You can file documents through the mail too. When you put something like let me, I'm just throwing this in here. If you are late on filing something and you can't get to the courthouse, just put it in the mail. Okay, something is filed as soon as the post office puts its stamp on it. Like if you own some sort of uh, time bar thing, all right, just put it in mm-hmm. the mail. Understand that. It's, it's filed as soon as um, they stamp it. Oh, go ahead. My bad. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to you know, disrupt your oh, flow. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you know, you got to do an administrative process with them. All right, because you got to understand, if you're going to do this process, you got to understand who you're going up against and the nature of it. The nature of it is, it's commer- Gene Keating did a, a lot of research. He got it with something called the Gene Keating prison transcript where he basically breaks down for you how these bonds and everything, how they, how the, how the federal government is funding themselves. All right. Now, if you go back to the grace commission and I'm, I'm telling you this for a purpose, the grace commission was instituted by Ronald Reagan. 
in the Grace Commission report, it tells you very clearly that 100% of your taxes is going to pay the interest on the national debt. So, you know, there's this misconception that taxpayers pay for prison, taxpayers are paying for this. Your people always, always say that. Taxpayers ain't paying for none of that shit. 100% of your taxes go to pay the interest on the national debt. So how is the government funding itself if it's not getting taxes, if none of the taxes are going to the, It tells you that in the great. Let me read the Grace Commission report for you. Read this for you because I got to put this in y'all mind. I'm put. I'm put the link. I'll put the link in the chat room. All right, they're gonna link in the chat room. Grace Commission report. You click on it. Follow along with me. All right. Now you go down the okay. page. You go down the page. Twelve, page twelve. All right, you'll see right there in the one, two, three, four, five, about the sixth paragraph. The one that got a little old by it. It said with two thirds of everyone's personal income taxes wasted or not collected, one hundred percent of what is collected is absorbed solely by interest on the federal debt and by federal government contributions to translate uh, transfer payments. In other words, all individual income tax revenues are gone before one nickel is uh, spent on the services which taxpayers expect from their government. Now, this is a great thing that Ronald Reagan got shot after this. Because you remember wow. Ronald Reagan, he was on that taxes real, real, real tough. But people be like, okay, where are your taxes going? Wait, tell you right, government told you where they're going. You already see there and say, well, where are my taxes going? Aren't we as taxpayers? I'll be listening to people say that shit. I'm a taxpayer. We pay they taxes. Chest puffed out. Yeah, and everything. I'm like, what you talking about? 100% of your taxes going on Israel. That's where your money going. State of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's where all your money going. You they slave. You better wake up and understand what's going on and understand who you are. You they slave. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I got a question about um about this affidavit of sovereignty, right? Because because I received some you know benefits and privileges, like I received low income housing and I received SSDI. Like um how you know with 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 uh, me uh, formulating my affidavit of uh, truth, you, you know how would I, I you know formulate? Yeah, I mean you got you take you let me let me just tell you, you got to make that decision because you know if you take a benefit and a privilege, let me give you the case on that. Let me get a case on that, okay? I'm, I'm going to get you a case on that. And let me explain that to you. <clears throat> Let's give you a case on it. So, you know, I'm going to try to stick everything to case law. All right. And... I'm just pulling it up. The case is uh, Great Falls Management Company versus Attorney General, Volume 124, U.S. Reporter, page 581. The court can says you, can you spell that first upon, word? 
Great Falls MFG. Great. Great Falls dot mfg dot co versus Attorney General. Great Falls MSG. MFG dot co M- dot. Great Falls MFG period CO period versus uh-huh. Attorney General 124 US 581 and 124 US 581 581 stands for volume 124 and the set of books that you go look at on is the US reporters and the page that is on is on 581 the court said the court will not pass upon the constitutionality of a statute at the instance of one who has availed himself of his benefits. All right. So you've been, you can't challenge what they doing to you. All right. So it won't even accept that. That's what people be having problem getting article three courts because of the Ashwander rules, things like this case right here. They tell you every day you taking benefits and you've been taking benefits of statutes. All right. That, that's what it is. It's going to tell you that the statute, the benefit that you receive from the government is the protection of their statutes under the U.S. government. Uh, they regulate everything. When you get a license, that's a benefit. When you incorporate, that's a benefit. A license, that's a benefit. All those benefits and everything because you're, a lot, you're telling the U.S. government that you want uh, us to regulate everything for you because you can do all those same things in the private. You don't need them to do that for you. There's nothing that you need from the government. There's nothing that you need from. But when you have to go to them, all right, now you're asking for a benefit. You're asking to be regulated. And that's a benefit. And that regulation comes from the statutes instituted by Congress. So right here you can see right, they're not going to look at the constitutionality of anything that you're saying if you are taking benefits and privileges. So I got to just so let that go so a, I could. You, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. You want to still take a government, but government is shut down right now. You can't, you get, you can't take no benefit and privileges, can you? I heard people ain't getting no uh, the welfare checks about to be cut off. From what I understand. Well, I don't get welfare. I get SS. I get, I get, I get SS, uh, 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 SSD. I got my check uh, for this month. I don't know if I'm gonna get my check next month. And um, I think uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, I paid my rent. I, uh, I paid my rent for my low income housing. This month, but I don't know how things is going to go next month. Yeah, I don't know so, either. You know, you, you usually go on all these uh, government websites, you have something pop up, say government shut down, you know. So I don't know, you know. They, they don't look like the Social Security Administration shut down. Apply for, look at this, apply for retirement benefits. Apply for your benefits. That's what that all that stuff you're seeing is going on, the discussion right now in government, is that the left is trying to keep people on welfare. They're trying to keep people taking benefits from the government. And the right is saying, no, you keep taking these. And that's what black people don't understand. The black people out there that you see on Internet and everything, talking about the the Republicans and shit like that, they the people who do not understand the the, uh, price you have to pay from taking benefits and privileges from the government. They don't understand that. If they understood right, that, right. then they would be looking at these people in a different way. They just they just want a welfare check. They just want a check. That's all. I, I can't get my check. But you ain't understanding so, the price you're paying for that. So I can't. So I like. So basically, what you're telling me is I can't discharge this uh, this debt from this case unless I relinquish um 
unless I relinquish uh, 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 these these benefits and these privileges that I'm getting from the government. I don't know I if I, I would go like that for, far. I don't know if I would, I don't I don't know if I go that far and say you can't do it, but I think that you need to put some sort of a documentation in court with, uh, that tell you your position on it and everything because you got to understand they got all that information. The judge has all that information. They got everything. They got they got a jacket on you. Everything about you. They know everything about so you. So what I don't so doubt that I, for one. So second. what I formulate. So what I formulate that uh, that information in the document of the affidavit of truth. Yeah, because you know you're taking a benefit. Well, you, you explain to them. How would you explain why you're taking benefits and privileges from them? How would you explain it? Uh, because you know I'm a uh, uh, just off the top of my head. You know I'm an ex felon and it's you know hard to uh, obtain you know uh, a career with a living wage. And um, I'm, you know, I'm working on a, uh, uh, like getting this career going, and then I won't, you know, have any need for this, you know, benefit of SSD. Well, let me put it I like know, this. Something along the lines you of know, that. Let me put it like this. You know, none of those are excuses and everything because, at you know, I, I had a, um, we were taught this, and uh, I was a part of an organization called the Nawabian Nation of Moors, and um. One thing that I appreciate that Dr. Malachi York did to all of us, you know, he didn't let us get no jobs. And one thing he told, he said, you know, I remember, I remember this. He said, he said, I should be able to drop you off anywhere in America. Just, just drive you up goddamn to motherfucking Montana where you don't know nobody and kick your ass out the car and you should be able to make something happen. Now, a lot of y'all ain't went through that type of training. There's a video on YouTube of a gentleman. He had, he's a millionaire where he he's doing a little test showing everybody. He said, I'm gonna give all my he said, I'm gonna take all my money and put it to the side. He said, I'm gonna take fifty dollars with me and I'm gonna drive out and I'm gonna re get all my money back. And all he started off with fifty dollars and he he videotaping everything he did. $50. There is no excuses. Average person just ain't really putting in the necessary effort to do things because, you know, to, to acquire wealth requires effort and discipline. It requires, you have to discipline yourself and things like that. A lot of things, you know, in the criminal element, because I've been a part of that element before, is based off laziness and wanting something for nothing and wanting to get quick money and everything. And that right there leads down to a road because there's some people who do belong in jail. I'm not trying to sit here and say everybody don't belong in mm-hmm. motherfuckers ass belong in that motherfucker. Don't don't motherfucker misinterpret what I'm saying. It's it's people but need to have their ass locked up. Need to. So mm-hmm. that's their position too. Their position is y'all you like we can't just let y'all do all this shit because some of y'all motherfuckers deserve to be in jail. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for them, their system, because they got rid of gold and silver. They have to do everything colorably now. They even got it in a docket if somebody's uh, if somebody is in prison under color of law. You'll see that in their codes and shit. They call it under color of law. Okay, it's colorable. Everything in the system is colorable now because there's no gold and silver. That's the reason why. So you can't have real law because you can't have real contracts unless you have something of substance 
to contract with. But there's nothing of substance to contract with. So everything's colorable. And you can only adjudicate colorable things in equity courts. So then to hide that, they merged law and equity. You find this after after, um, the uh, Erie versus Tompkins Railroad decision. Wait, sorry, and you see it in, in the code, too, to tell you straight up, law and equity. So these things, like, when you understand these things, what's going on, the next thing you have to understand is a debt collection. Okay, how can I convince myself it's a debt collection? Yusuf, you keep saying it's a debt collection. Okay, well, you could start with the Constitution and look under Article One, Section 8 and go through all those powers and try to figure out how to fuck are they giving you criminal charges when I see a listing of your damn powers under Article 8? I don't see anything really clearly saying that y'all got the authority to do what you're doing. So you start right there. So if you ain't really been, so it must be some sort of contract I'm in. I'm contract, like the driver's license. It's the same thing. Like I watched, uh, I was just watching a video the other day where somebody got pulled over again for DUI. And he didn't want to take a breathalyzer. They snatched his ass up and arrested him. And you see the news report and says, this was the news. This is how they'll say it on the news report. You have a right to refuse a breathalyzer, but you can be arrested for it. I'm like, what? If I got to be arrested for it, I'd have had a right to, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. I, if I had a right to refuse it, what are you saying? You know, it's like, you know, you have a right to refuse a breathalyzer, but you will be arrested for it. Well, shit, I, you know, it's like, if I got a right, how am I getting arrested for exercising a right? What they're saying right. is, when they're using right, they're using right in a sense of free will. But, motherfucker, you in a contract, and we're going to enforce it against you, because you got that goddamn driver's license. On that driver's license, you give us authority. to. In California, they tell you straight up on their applications, you have to take a breathalyzer if it's requested. If we suspect that you are on the roads, intoxicated, if we ask you to take a breathalyzer, okay, they, they strap, and that's why you say strap motherfucker down, they, they, everybody was all on on the news, oh my god, look what they're doing to that man, they, they snatched his ass out of the car, took him down to the uh, jailhouse, strapped him in, and made his ass take a breathalyzer, and everybody was appalled, they were appalled, oh, look at what they're doing, and I was like, shit, you didn't sign that contract, motherfucker, <laughs> I went that motherfucker hey. red, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You should have signed a contract. Yeah. Okay, you signed a contract. All right, they're going to kick you in your ass. Mm. They enforce contracts. And the most important thing that you can study is invisible contracts by George Mercier. Because he tells you that Supreme Court justice explained it. He said, hey, it's brutal. He said, equity is, in, he said, equity is brutal. But we're just enforcing contracts. We're enforcing agreements. Equity is yeah, brutal. Uh, but yeah, private contracts overrule the Constitution, right? That's right. Because uh, uh-huh. it, it tells you that in the Constitution. They can make no law that will infringe on the obligation of contracts. Contracts is under the mm-hmm. private. Those are private people. Private people engage in contracts, and the government don't have no authority to interfere with a contract. The only thing, there are some qualifications to contract. You can't make a contract for something illegal. You can't make a contract something unlawful. You can't make a contract that's going to infringe on somebody else's rights, like the federal government. Federal government has rights, too. It's called public rights doctrine. So you can't infringe on their rights, either. So that's why it's important for you to understand public and private, because you've got to keep everything private. You can't, mix, you can't mix a little public stuff into your private. 
It got to be all private. You're either all right or you're not right at all. You're okay, and I and I want that right or you're not right at all. Or you're not right at all. Yeah, and and um, I gotta follow UCC one right as part of my administrative process. I would, yes, I would. You need to file some sort of notice that you have a claim over your property that they're attempting to uh, levy. That's what that is. All right, that's just letting them know that you have a priority interest in your property because they're attempting to levy it. So that levy that you you're letting them know, hey, here's a notice to you. I have a levy on it already, and mine supersedes yours. So now let's talk business. Before you can put a levy on my property, you got to pay me first. And my levy is in the amount of $100 million. However, I understand that y'all are some broke motherfuckers and y'all need some money, that y'all are irresponsible. Y'all know how to do business internationally, that you let these motherfucking uh, Jews and everything trick y'all motherfuckers, put y'all in a trick bag, and now you owe $21 trillion and shit. I understand it. You know, y'all, y'all motherfuckers can't do business the right way. So as a private citizen, I'm going to come to you and give you a bond. I'm going to help you out. Okay, here, take this, ledger this on your books, and set off the debt. Because the value, okay, that's derived from that is my physical labor. That's what they're doing to you. They're apothecating your labor into the future. They didn't apothecate your labor, your children's children, 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 children's into the future and everything. $21 trillion in debt. Why is that being paid back? What did the Grace Commission report say? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But anyway, you got to do an administrative process, young, uh, my mom, brother. It's not easy. I'm not going to try to pretend like this is easy because you're starting from a position uphill because you, your attorney's already put in a uh, notice that you know, you're not guilty. Because right? so, in other words, you're traversing their claim. In other words, y'all claim I'm guilty of all these alleged charges. I'm saying I'm not. That's an argument. You're fostering an argument. All right. So that's what a not guilty plea does to you. All right. So now you have to address that with your attorney. You may want to put something in there. I need you to rescind that not guilty plea. I need you to go in here and I need you to do all that. Nine times out of 10, he's going to refuse to do what you're asking him to do. At which point you let him know in your correspondence, I'm going to fire your ass. Now, there are examples of a letter rogatory in uh, the uh, creditors and the bonds, as well as on a video that I did on YouTube called using your attorney as a private international lawyer. It's on my YouTube channel. You should sit down and watch that. All right. But those instructions are important because point you have representation and you can't file anything. The only person that can file uh, anything on your case is your public defender because he is the one that's representing the defendant, not you. So you can't file anything on the case. It's not going to be recognized when you have a, that's why you got to fire the attorney before you can file anything yourself. All right, you can't file nothing as long as you have an attorney. They're not going to recognize it. Everything has to come through him, which is a good thing. You also need to accept the appointment of him as your public defender, which is another contract. He, had, he put in an, uh, uh, there's an order from the judge appointing him as your public defender. You need to get a copy of that and accept that and refile that into the case as well. That's letting you know that you've accepted the contract with the, attor- with the, uh, with the uh, uh, public defender. And now you're giving him some uh, some uh, instructions. You can file a copy of the instructions in there if he if he because if he refuses to file your instructions when you go in court, you just stand up in court and you say, Yana, our counsel is refusing to uh, follow my instructions. Therefore, counsel is no longer necessary. Counsel is hereby fired. Uh, I would like to 
make something a part of the record. The instructions that I had for the attorney was this. And you read that and make that a part of the record. And they can kick and scream and try to say you crazy or whatever. But once it gets into that record, it's in the record. It don't matter what they say. Put it in the record. All right? Put his – because, see, you got to understand, they uh, they do everything behind the scenes. It's just like, like somebody called in my uh, show the other day and told me this happened to them. It's like when you stand outside the back of the courthouse and an attorney say, you know, you finna go in there and maybe a plea or something like that. You finna, uh, you finna enter a plea. And so you stand outside with the attorney. He said, hey, you know, just so-and-so is not in a very good mood today. It's not in a good mood. Look, when you go in here, just say this. He's going to tell you what to say. That ain't on the record. So you go in the courtroom. They ask you, did anybody make you take this plea? And then, you know what's going to seem funny? You're going to be looking at the judge and like, in your mind, you're going to be thinking, the judge don't look like he's in a bad mood. What was that nigga talking about? <laughs> you know, outside everything, you know, judge don't really look like he's in a bad mood, you know. All right, so they ask you, did anybody force you to take this plea? In your mind, you're thinking, hell yeah, because y'all threatened to take me to trial, give me three million goddamn years. He just told me in a, in a goddamn hallway that you in a pissed off mood. Hell yeah, I've been made to take this damn plea. So, but that's not on the record. You don't have no proof of nothing, of any of that. The only thing that matters is on the record. So if you tell your attorney to do something, well, where's the proof that you told him to do what you want, uh, this and that? You have to document that. It has to be documented on what you told him to do. The number one thing that everybody tries to get back in court on in federal prison is lack of uh, insufficient counsel. Ineffective assistance of counsel. There's no one thing everybody be trying to get back in court on. My attorney didn't do this. My attorney didn't object. My attorney didn't tell me this. My attorney didn't let me know I had to. I could do this. Everybody finds that shit out after the fact, after they get locked up. That's when they find out shit. Ineffective assistance of counsel. So you got to document what you're telling this motherfucker to do. What I did was every time I wrote him a letter, I, I sent a copy of it to the clerk. So I said, put this in the evidence file. Everybody got to see it, put it in the file. I want it filed because I need a record of what I'm telling this motherfucker to do. Okay? Because there ain't going to be no later on, uh, ain't going to be no confusion on what I asked my attorney to do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Oh, shit, he got dropped. You see if he called back in. He might have been listening. All right, he called back in. I'm going to bring him back. I'll bring him back and he called back in. Let me go Perfect Black real quick. Perfect Black, what's up, man? What's up, Yusuf? How you doing? Doing great, my brother. How you doing today? Man, let me tell you, I, like, love your energy. When I say your energy, I mean your inner self, man. Your inner self is like all that for real, and the energy you put out is so positive. Like, I, I you know I, I listen to a lot of brothers out here stuff, but you know the stuff that you put out, you and a few brothers. I'm gonna say a few. Um, it comes from your heart, but some of the brothers out here, it's all about profit. They really don't care about the situation of the people they're trying to help. But you're a real legitimate guy for real. You know you really are. But um, what I wanted to talk, you gonna say thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you, Baba. I was what I was gonna say is I was sitting there thinking, I think a lot of guys who do this, 
they do care about the people because, you know, when you get into this, um, a lot of guys been been hurt in some kind of way. They children got taken from, they got put in jail, and they and they mad and they want to change the situation. I'm not gonna say every brother, you know. I think it's uh, a lot of guys do have a spirit. Uh, they want to see some type of change and everything. I, you know, everybody. Some people may be trying to profit off of it and everything like that, but that's where it becomes your responsibility to study the information for yourself. You know, when we put out information, y'all are supposed to go behind us and verify what we're saying. You know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do that. It's your responsibility to do. So that's why I try to, that's why even in this call right now, you see me taking the time over here and look at this case, go over here and read this, putting links in the, in the chat and everything to support and substantiate what I'm saying to you. So you can go behind me, and then as you go behind me, you can say, well, he showed you this, and this is not what really what this is talking about. Well, you got a right to do that. You know what I'm saying? But then I got a right to sit, come back and fire back at you. No, motherfucker, you don't understand what's being written on that. I contend that your comprehension ain't too motherfucking high, motherfucker. You know, I'm, you know I can buy fire back at you and say that. So, you know, because I well, think I got pretty good goddamn comprehension, all right? Go ahead. Here's what I wanted to share with you. Here's here's, here's what I wanted to share with you, man. Really, and and like I I guess I called in and talked to you, uh, you and um, uh, your brother Savage when you guys were together. It's probably been about I don't know about five or four and a half years ago, right? And from from me first calling in, I mean you can probably tell you know the evolution of my understanding of what you guys have put out there just based on the questions that I asked, you know, right and. A lot of stuff that you put out here, like, you know, a lot of it has to do with spirituality. A lot, too, when people are really, truly just, you know, missing. Spirit, spirit yeah. is connected to everything. You can't separate nothing in life from spirit, the spiritual. That's why the people around the planet are all spiritual. Either Satanists or priests or something like that, magicians, uh, whatever you want to call it. They're the ones running the planet. Everything is spiritual. It's the people who are not spiritual is the place. <laughs> well, when I say spiritual, spiritual, like m- most people, you know, they they see it something different. And when I can say spiritual, really, like most people, their behavior and actions is based on what their subconscious has been programmed since the age of seven. That's and they're spiritual. still in that, in that, and in that mindset. And from all the information that I know, like I'm, I'm just like a professional hood rat nerd. I'm just a nerdy dude that absorbs information and. When I hear stuff, there's always missing puzzles in my picture of life, right? And when I hear from this person, that person, this person, it's a missing puzzle that I put together. And, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, that you said is deals with, it deals specifically with that spirituality. And, and like I said, everybody works on subconscious. Very seldom they live in their conscious mind, you know, maybe 5% of the time. But most of it's all experiences that, Happened when they were like seven years old, eight years old, because most people's comprehension and reading and grammar level is at between 12 and seven years old. A lot of people don't understand that, and they need to do stuff uh, repetitiously to change that, because you were speaking about rich people aren't lazy, right? And most people, if they're in a situation it's a road that they pave for themselves and their kids all right they paved that road if you're on a bumpy ass road you paved that road and you need to do something repetitiously to you know pave a new road and most people just don't do that 
And like I said, when I do hear you, I mean, I hear, I hear you saying a lot of this stuff, and I think a lot of times you have a very good heart, but I think a person's comprehension level is totally and completely just missing it. And what I've learned from yourself and a couple other brothers is how to think different because we're all programmed from this system to think a certain way. And when you see The Matrix, The Matrix ain't no damn movie. It's a documentary. It is. It is a documentary. <laughs> and it's, a doc, it's a lot of, hey, but there's a lot of them out there that are good too. But what I want to say is that spirit, you cannot, spirit and mind are synonymous terms. That's another thing is that y'all have never been told what you mean when you say spirit. Okay. There's a spirit and a soul. One is called uh, Ruhu. And one is called um, nefesh, all right? Nefesh and ruhu, all right? So you got a spirit and a soul. A spirit, uh, uh, a spirit is your mind. Every time that you see in the Bible Jesus um, clearing somebody of possession or anything, they're addressing their mental state. Okay, your spirit is your mind, your thoughts. Okay, your thoughts and so forth. You can the only activity that a spirit can engage in is thinking. It's not physical. That's not a physical thing. That is a spirit. When you talk about something spiritual, so you're talking about the mental realm. Uh, you're talking about something mental, your mind. Okay. And your mind has been programmed to think a certain way. So you have to reprogram that and to reprogram that takes repetition. This is why I was reading something last night on magic. I was studying some, uh, believe it or not, you know, my research had led me through Satanism. So I posted a link on some of the things that the Satanists, you know, because one of the laws of power is know your enemy. You have to know who you're dealing with. So you got to understand what are their things that their guidelines that they go by. All right. Because they don't think that they are evil. They think that um, everybody's been lied to and that Lucifer is the actual God that you should be following and that your ability, you should be able to do whatever you want to do. That's why you see like on the left, the left is really like a Luciferian type thing where you, if you want to have abortion, have an abortion. You, if you want to be homosexual and do this or do anything that's unnatural, you should be able to do it. You know, do what thy will. You see really like a do what thy wilt type of philosophy being promulgated and proselytized coming from that camp. And a lot of people are buying into it because they say, well, you know, the Bible, you know, there's this, uh, there's been this revolt against religion with good cause because the preachers and everything, they're responsible for it. Uh, and people don't have a lot of belief in the creator anymore. Now they will claim it with their, with their mouth. Like Jesus said in Matthew, he said, these people come to me with their uh, lips, but their hearts are far from me. I, a lot of people profane, uh, pro- uh, profess a lot of things with their lips, but it's not within their heart. Okay. And heart is also his mind. That's a, not another synonymous term with mind as well. Okay, like guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your mind because whatever you allow into your subconscious mind is going to materialize into your material world. Anything. Mm-hmm. The guardian of the gate is the conscious mind. You say live in your conscious mind. The conscious mind is the seat of the will. That's where your willpower is exercised on the conscious level. The subconscious mind don't have a will of its own. It accepts whatever is allowed to pass through the conscious mind into the subconscious mind is going to act on it. It's not going to discriminate because it doesn't, it doesn't operate with what we call good and evil. Good and evil is something that is determined on the conscious level and the subconscious level. There is no good and evil. There is no good and evil in nature. Nature just is. All right. 
Good and evil is the concept that you establish in your conscious mind. You decide what is good and what is evil for you, what's beneficial for you. That's a, that's a determination that you make for yourself. All right, so that's on the conscious level. So your conscious mind, all right, when we talk about spirit, okay, it's how you have programmed yourself. Like when Jesus said, you have to be reborn. Being reborn, you have to be renewed, okay? How to be renewed is you have to forget everything that you was taught, everything about the nature of uh, the universe. Every, you've been lied to, the goddamn uh, uh, history of black people and slavery, uh, the history of the United States. Native Americans, every day you've been lied to about every damn thing that then came out of these people's mouths. You need to throw it all in the trash and start from scratch. Hey, let me Correct. say this real quick. You got 90 seconds. Uh, the the, the uh, stream is going to end on the Internet. So if you want to keep listening to the show and you're on listening on the Internet, you're going to need to call in. You got 90 seconds to do it. The call in number is 424-222-5250 and put it in chat. 424-222-5250 and y'all call in and you can let you can keep listening to the show but go ahead brother i just wanted some clarification on you know and this is also i'll say this one last thing this is also the reason why the only truly free person is a person that is self-perfected or to say it another way a person that is completely in control of their mind because if you are allowing outside influences to dictate your thought processes, then you're not a truly free person. One of the things that you have to learn how to do is think for yourself and stop yeah, letting other correct. people influence your thoughts. But go ahead. When I said I love, I, I love your energy, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about, your inner mind, your mind. You know, because I'm going to tell you what, you know, some there's very few things. There might be there's a couple few things I disagree with you about, but I'm gonna tell you on the real side about 95% of the stuff that you say, it's like it is like so intoxicating to me as far as being able to uh, absorb energy. I mean, absorb that positive energy because like you're really a brilliant dude, man. You probably don't you probably don't know who you are. And you you can't see yourself. You know what I'm saying? But I can really see you, man. You're like a really really brilliant. You know you know why I can't well see myself, dude. You know why I can't see myself? Because the why more you know, the the more you see you don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, the I'm more you know, I, when I the more you see, you don't know. That's why people don't see themselves as anything. Like the more I'm reading, damn, it just keep over the wire. I don't see. I like all this shit. I don't know and everything. That's why you don't look it, at yourself. It, that's why you always. That's why you got to stay humble. You got to stay humble. Here's one of the things. Here's one of the things mm-hmm. I, I I teach guys what to do, man. As far as say, I teach guys a lot of guys, and most of the guys more so. Than anything, they're either white, they're Asian, or they're Indians. But one of the things I teach guys how to do is basically how to talk to women, like how to basically get dates. And it's like like three questions that you just have to ask a woman. Eighty percent of the time, if you're in your lane, you can get a date. And when I tell men that women are God, if the woman is God, a lot of them they don't understand that. When I tell a woman that that a woman is truly like. You know, the woman is truly like God. It's hard for a woman to even understand that. They have, they have absolutely no belief in that. And, like, the true essence of God is really love. And, like, women really aren't racist for the most part. They, they're taught that. But a woman can see a dog. A woman can see a, a child no matter what color that child is. A woman, her essence of loving is so true, more so than anything. When people get in trouble, the first thing they say is, 
man, oh, God, I got to call my mom. I got to call my mom. But a woman is the truest, purest form of love like on the planet. <laughs> Women create right, life like right, God creates you want, life. Right, so this is what we're saying. When you say the woman is God, would you agree also that the man is God too? He's a portion of that well, formula, portion. okay? Right. Well, well, here's okay. what I'm say why. Most, here's what I'm going to say why, you. So I'm going to say why. Most of like, if, if say some lions or, or say some zebras or whatever, a female lion or zebra will take care <coughs> of a lion that ain't hers. But as soon as one lion come near and dethrone the other lion, okay, he going to kill every cub that ain't his, all right? War Damn like right. men are like, we're, 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 yeah. we're like, okay? <laughs> You know, our, and the thing is, what I'm saying, we're warlike. It's like a, a black man, a, a man will say, listen, that motherfucking kid ain't mine. I'm not taking care of that kid, all right? A woman is not like that, okay? Okay, let me ask a you a question. Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. Would you agree that the lion operates off his true nature? As far as what? His gene pool? When it killed the kill mother lion cubs, is it doing something? Is that the nature of the lion to do that? Or is that they are they are they just like jealous? Are they operating through some sort of jealousy or something like that? Because you understand so also, you also understand that in order to mate, let's 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 examine what you're just saying. The lions, they number one thing is they want to sit on their ass and fuck. Okay, that's what lions and do. And eat. And eat. That's what men All right. do. All right. Okay. Hold on. Do. Now, to have the benefit of being able to do that, you got to be able to protect what is yours. As soon as the lion gets old enough, them young lions come in, and they do what? If he ain't strong enough to protect, if he's not strong enough to protect what is his, somebody else come and take it. So in nature, we can say that the strong survive. Will we agree on that? Correct. All right. (laughs) So let's look at the nature of women. Let's look at the nature of women. All right. Today, we don't fight uh for women with clubs and shit no more it's on a financial arena okay in other words if you're not strong enough to make money where you can make a woman feel secure you're going to lose your right to mate would you agree with that or at least at least in our world it's it's financial and size financial okay women all right, so yeah. a, ma- a male's response a male's responsibility is to protect and provide. We see that in nature. We see that in on our sphere as well. All right. So now let's let me go let me dip back to what you just said about the woman being God. The woman is a goddess. The man is a god. The woman is the emotional component. The man is the logic. Okay. They when they come together, they supposed to form one entity. Everything, what does it say in the Bible? The man and the woman come together, they form one what? Flesh. All right. Okay. What you're looking at is these people who's propagating this, they're taking the masculine and feminine energies and trying to p- prop up one above the other. When they are both composites, when you look at the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, what is that, the, uh, the uh, Chinese sign of, uh, of uh, yin, and yang. You know, yin and yang. The yin and yang. Yin and yang. Uh, you got the yin and yang principle. They form one whole, okay? Well, that's what it is. It's like what's missing and what the women kind of have a uh, say in, what's missing is a respect for the feminine energy. Now, that's only on the lower levels. 
on the higher levels, they got a respect for the feminine energy. Right? They don't want the lower level people to understand the feminine energy because the feminine energy, that component is what manifests things into existence. Right? The feminine energy is the manifester. Right? It's on all levels, spiritual, mental, and physical. On the physical level, you have to impregnate the woman. She manifests the baby. Okay, on the mental level, the conscious mind is masculine. You have the thought, it impregnates the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind manifests it. All right, that masculine and feminine energy, this is what is called the principle of gender. I right? operates on all levels. All right? it operates on all levels. It takes different forms on different levels, but it operates on all levels. So it's a very base type individual, either when you're talking about um, matriarchy or patriarchy, both of them base important. Right, they're Let based on everything you because you can't have one without the other. You. you can't have light without dark. You can't have hard without soft. You can't have right well, without left. Hey, you know, it's I don't understand why people don't understand these principles. Right, it's a print. This, this is what you got to come to. You got to come to the opera, the understanding of. What is the nature of the woman and what is the nature of the man and how they operate together synergistically? It's supposed to be a goddamn team. They're not at odds with each other. I'm not prostrating before no woman. And she and likewise, she shouldn't be prostrating before me. You said what you mean by prostrating? Getting on my knees and worshiping her? But I think I think we should worship each other. Period. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this. Like like a man, his love for a woman is based on the sex that a woman's giving him, right? Because women give, men take on every level, okay? Because a man, he'll love a woman based on the sex he's getting from her. But the minute she get that sex to somebody else, he won't love her ass no more. He won't love her no more. Now, I ain't true. I, I don't think. I wait. Hold on. I ain't gonna say that he don't love her anymore. Cases, in most cases. In most cases, I, know, I, 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 I don't think I, when you truly love somebody, that love don't go away. That's where the pain comes from. Okay, now we can get in a discussion because I think what you're getting into now is, um, you know, are, are you saying that uh, when you're married to a woman and that she goes and has sex with another man that you should forgive her? Well, my thing is this. My, my thing is I'm this. Just asking. I'm, like... I'm just asking. Answer the question. It's, a, it's an honest question. Because you, you, should you forgive what? and maintain the relationship? My, and my answer my answer is um, no. That is my answer for that. And the reason why my answer is that is, like, what did, what, what, did you, what did you step out for, okay? You know, at this age in my life, if I was with a woman, I wouldn't care whatever she does when, I, when she's out of my presence because it doesn't matter. I'm not having kids no more. And my interest in that woman is not totally just based on, you know, sex because I'm not. Hey. I'm a little different now. You, you get that, that when you get older. I'll... When you get older, you get like that. When you get old, I'm I'm fifty, right. and that's where I'm at. I'm I'm I don't be like trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing, looking at your phone, and all that shit. Yeah, you get to a point so like woman, I, I care less. When a woman, <laughs> well, I don't care less. You check the niggas on Facebook. I I can care less. I care less. What you doing? Let me ask you this here. When a woman, when a woman picks a guy, she truly loves him, like unconditioned. She don't care if he's fat, he's black, he's ugly, he's dirty, no job. But a man, if he loves a woman, his first thing is visual. What does she look like? What's her? How flat is her waistline? How small 
Is her stomach? How's her hips go? How did she have a little gap? How's her leg? Well, we are strictly visual. visual. Women, her love is more genuine than a man. Cause you because wait a minute, going for it. because I because because you gotta understand what's been instilled in us <laughs> as far as attract. First of all, attraction is not a choice. You can't help what who or what you're attracted to. Attraction is attraction mm-hmm. is something that is instilled in you naturally. I when you look at beauty. Beauty, uh, the conformance of beauty is in alignment with and harmonizes with nature, what's beautiful. You even see this with extraterrestrials and, and things like that, what constitutes beauty. I, and beauty is based off of the eye of the beholder. Okay, so what's attractive to one man might not, it's an individual thing, and it's something that's instilled in you. Okay, attraction is a choice. Women are attracted to men too. If they're not attracted to you, I, I can't see why you're sitting there saying if a woman, women have certain things that they're attracted to, but they kind of like prioritize things a little differently than we do. They prioritize their safety and security because they need to have a man. They one thing is they want to have children and he need to know you're going to be able to take care of a family and take care of these children. So they're a little smarter in the fact that they're going to make sure that, hey, I can, uh, that as a man, you can do what you can do as a man is provide. Okay, they're looking at those qualities in a man. Okay, us, we want to have a beautiful woman that we're attracted to, that we're proud of to put on our arm, that we can have children with, and things of that nature. There's nothing wrong with that. We want what other men desire. We want what other men desire. I got a fine woman. Everybody else, everybody in this room wants her. You know what I'm saying? We get, we get, uh, we get really, we feel good about that. I got something that nobody else can get. You believe they can't get, and they want her. And, the bottom line is this: right now, the the, the the everything has changed because now there's this, everybody knows on on the planet there's more women than men. Okay, most women at this point, a lot of men women make more money than men do. Okay, so it's not a thing where they need security; they can pay their own bills. And most of the time, a lot of women can take care of the man. All right, so the things have changed right now. A lot of times, women might have a better job, better house, and better income, and better car than the man. So, can you speak for that woman? What does she need a man for at that point? Okay, I I I would definitely love to go into that. I first of all, a man and a woman need each other. I that's that has been that's dictated by nature. As I just said earlier, they're disparate halves of each other. Okay, there's not no whole until a man and a woman comes together. What has happened oh, in our communities is that you got this sexual liberation that it went on. The more a woman has sex, just like it's just like drugs. Okay? If you can, you take a crackhead, a crackhead, his first time he have crack, he spent the rest of his life chasing that original high. And then the drugs don't have the same effect. Or I'll even go even one earlier. You ever look at people who smoke weed, like weed smokers? Uh, you got some people, they can smoke some weed. And they, these they got to fire up like three, four, five motherfucking blunts to get high. Whereas a person who don't smoke a lot can take two or three puffs of the blunt and be high on a motherfucker. Be high. And you'll be looking at the dude who's, who's firing up three, four more blunts and like, why you keep firing up these damn blunts? Ain't you high enough? Goddamn, I'm sky high. And you sitting there, all right, so, so that same thing translates into the sexual world. These women, they having sex with a lot of different men. Okay, their ability to form a, an attachment to you diminishes with the more men that they have had sex with. So that's why it's real easy for them to leave relationships. That's why you see 70% of the uh, divorces 
I hate it from women because the more they're having sex, I, it's like they're losing something. They don't want to admit that. Uh, of course, they're not going to admit that. But they're losing something. They're having sex with all these different men, and they're not, they're not going to be able to uh, attach to you that easily and everything. It's like it's not nothing there that's attaching to you. You see what I'm saying? You know, I think there's this notion that, you know, what you're saying, what you're implying, I, maybe you're not saying it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that I think there should be this sexual revolution where people should just be able to have sex as much as they want, when they want, you know, and people shouldn't be judged on that. I, when, first of all, from a religious point of view, it goes against that. But then when you look through the alleged religious point of view, we have to ask, is that something that is acceptable in nature? Is, does nature allow a woman to have sex with a whole bunch of different men? Okay, where I would start with is why does nature put a hymen on a woman that will let you know that she's never been touched by a man? I have no idea why? who you survived. That's, 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 that's a realm I haven't uh, looked into. I heard you speak of it before. But and really, you know what? And let really me say no this. That's what most people don't do because, see, most people, they try to uh, base things off of their own understanding or try to make uh, what morality a question of how I feel about the particular situation. When the guidelines for anything you do in life should be the laws of nature. Correct. But like a lot of dogs, That's the dogs only come in heat like once a year. Like dogs only come in heat once a year, female dog once a year. So exactly. She's not going to have sex until it's time. You know, nature tell you, okay, you can do it now. But a lot of times, like, she can do it now. And but you know a, a female dog she can have puppies by you know more than one suitor you know what I'm saying because she's gonna be in heat for a week or a couple of days you know what I'm saying but she can have you know unless you got her on a chain or whatever you know she can have uh, puppies by more than one suitor. I agree, I agree. I you also know that okay they got this thing called cocoy uh, cocoy I where. And, and this is the thing, like when you see on 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 the, on the new on on the television shows right now, you got who's the father, who's the father, mm-hmm. all right? You got all these women, and then you have women, you have women come on the show, and they will. Man, I've seen show, I've seen shows where this woman, she's saying, "You is the father of my baby. I ain't had sex with nobody else." She, she will be standing up there in court, and she will be swearing up and down, "You is the father of my child." And and I and she will have man. I'll be sitting there looking. I said, damn, I believe that woman, boy. I don't feel it because she, con- <laughs> huh? she is, Because she is convinced. She's convinced. She's convinced too. I believe her. I, I believe that she believes that she thinks she he's the father. I think I really sincerely mm-hmm. believe that. So then the DNA come back, test come back. You are not the father. And then she's sitting over there. First thing everybody looking at coming there by mind that hole. <laughs> Show her fucking lying ass bitch. Everybody, everybody taking that, you know, everybody taking that about her. You know, it's like she over there lying and shit, you know. I'm like, damn, she said that. Well, she lied. And then everybody think, well, women be lying good as hell. Because she had me really believing dude is the father. You know what I'm saying? You're like, ah, damn, y'all really believing what this chick was saying. Okay, well, she did believe that. But here's the thing. Here's what they think. They think that if they space out sex, with men that like, okay, I had a sex with this guy one month ago and I had sex with another guy another month, a month later, that that was enough space in between that to determine that, that you know, uh, who's the father. 
Okay, well, what they don't understand, what science has found out, is that sperm stays in a woman a long time. And how sperm, mm-hmm. is, they got a book called Sperm Wars. They got a book called Sperm mm-hmm. Wars. You can see it's called Sperm Wars. And they got a lot of research on the internet, on the internet about this, that even to the fact that they are finding DNA of different men in children. In other words, it have your mm-hmm. DNA in, in the child, but also the DNA of another man that she's had sex with. <clears throat> okay. You know what, too? I wanted to tell you that because DNA tests, sometimes they're not 100% right because you have to do – sometimes a person, a, a, a man or woman, can have two strands of DNA. So sometimes the test isn't 100% foolproof. You got to test the blood. You got to test the, the – uh, you got to test the urine, and you got to test hair follicles. The test could be um, – you know, they might be the person might be a morphodite. They may be half man, half woman, but be a female. So a lot of times, there's a lot of variables, and sometimes all the science on on everything that we believe, our perception is not 100 percent correct at that time. So she could be telling the truth. But go ahead. You there? <laughs> 